on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick finally returned to streaming to catch up on all things Star Wars relevant. For the first time since the Kenobi series began, the duo will get to break down the latest episode, while also touching on some highlights from the first half of the series. From there, it's rumor time, including talks on Kenobi Season 2, Vader's next series, and a new Ahsoka casting. They'll also talk about Bad Batch Season 2's dated release and some interesting Moff Gideon revelations. Of course, the show will end with the Question of the Week responses and the latest round of Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artists. Punch it, Chewie! Once I get the show figured out again, <laughs> hey now everybody, welcome back to the Star Wars Time Show, and we are live, and my camera's all messed up, and my hat, I look like a slap dick, but let's go ahead and get things started here. For those of you that like the stash, it is back. I always break out the, uh, the mustache for my, my first beach vacation of the year, so I'm still sporting it. It looks... Got a lot more gray in it these days than, <laughs> than I used to. Oh, yeah. Um, and as I look at myself in the camera, it, it definitely makes me look like a jerk off. But I, I kind of like that look. <laughs> and, you know, Nick, when people ask, like, why, why do you do that stuff? And, and it's, it's for the reactions. Like, I don't mind looking stupid um, because it, it does get a reaction either negative or positive out of other humans. True. So. But yeah, you know what, man? It is. It's great to be back talking with you. Uh, I know even these days you, you've talked about the fandom has kind of worn you down, and you don't quite have the same excitement as you used to talking Star Wars. But let's talk about all I, the racists. One, that was fun, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Point for in one case. do 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 enjoy uh, uh, talking Star Wars with you, and and, and I, I'll still get excited about stuff. So you know, we we still have one one uh, uh kind of fanboy over here but uh, you know you and I we were talking about before we went live what it was like for me and my my two weeks away with, with the one week literally being Kenobi premiere on top of celebration announcement reveal closed door reveals leaked Mando trailers leaked Ahsoka trailers and I think overall I did I did all right I mean, for someone that is as narcissistic as I am when it comes to Star Wars and wanting people to only listen to me and my thoughts and my speculations and my theories, considering the amount of content, and yes, you're correct, a lot of it we knew was coming, but actually getting official confirmation and footage, it, it still got me excited and wanting to blab, wanting to talk, so... Uh, luckily, I have found solace in short-form content. And uh, why I'll never quite understand the younger generation's fascination with poorly done short-form content. It, it's doing something for us. It truly is. Like, we, we're finally over 1,000 on YouTube. As I said, we added hundreds on our, our typical socials. TikTok is slowly coming around. Uh, but it, the, doing the shorts, the YouTube shorts, the reels, it, it allowed me to kind of get that weight off my shoulders. And I know it's ridiculous, people. Like, just 
This is my therapy. I haven't had therapy in, in almost three weeks. But doing the shorts when I was on vacation, just getting my, you know, my top 10 Kenobi moments or the cameos of Kenobi, it, it still allowed me to feel like I've done, I've done good for the galaxy. Okay. Um, you know, that we've talked about this. This is my problem, something I have to deal with. Uh, but overall, being gone two weeks, missing three, half of the fucking Kenobi series, <laughs> uh, missing all of Celebration, I think I handled it okay. You know, I, I, I wasn't keeping the family locked up in the house like, no, we can't do anything. I got to sit here for six hours and break down Kenobi one and two and sit around for celebration announcements. So it, it was nice. It was nice. I, I, I always love going out to Rehoboth Beach. It, I, I want to live there. In fact, my friend, my mom reminded me at one point in time, her and my dad were going to buy a property at this beach right at the end of the first block. So a block off the beach, they could have had, listen to this, listen to this and tell me you wouldn't want to jump out of fucking plane right now. They could have bought a property at the end of block one. It had three units on it and an open lot back in 2000 for 200 and twenty five thousand dollars that's cheap you know how much that you know how much it is right now nick and they haven't improved the house or lot in 20 years you know how much it's worth right now 850 two million dollars and two (laughs) fucking million dollars man and it would have been an atm because this place rehoboth it rents like a motherfucker throughout the season Like stupid rental prices. The place we go out of season for two weeks costs us almost three thousand dollars. Yeah. So in season, that we're talking hundreds and hundreds of dollars a week every week of the summer. Three units plus an open lot that you could probably sell today for a million dollars. Just fucking grass because it's a block off the beach. But no, my dad was a pussy. Decided to keep his money in the fucking stock market, which. Crashed on his stock, Max and Irma's, which is really not even a thing anymore. And they ended up with a broken down lake house in Mount Gilead, Ohio, which is like goat fucker central. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's just like, dude, I mean, come on. I'm sitting here going every summer I could just be going out to Rehoboth for the whole fucking summer and managing the property or just fucking hanging out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's our. What are we going to do it? Our next thing after we get our house, like our new house and get settled into that is, is a, is a rental property for sure. That's our, that's our next play. And, and I want to kick our own asses, Heather and mine's, because even three years ago, before property just started getting obscene out here, we could have bought the place we stay in, which is maybe 200 yards from the beach for $460,000. It now goes for three quarters of a million. Yeah. See, if and, you would have just all, sold all your toys, then you could have had it. Fuck! <laughs> ah! don't, don't remind me, man. Don't remind me that I literally have a, a, a down payment on a beach property in my basement. Yep. And these days, as I said on Discord, half of them are just sitting in boxes. It's like I don't even, I don't even get the, the money shot feeling anymore when, when I get a new toy. I came home to four Hot Toys, Nick, that I've been waiting over a year to get. A General Skywalker, Clone Wars Maul, a Tank Commander Mando, the Deluxe Boba Fett two-figure <laughs> set. I haven't even opened them. 
Like, I don't have that pull to like, ooh, I want to get my Barbies. It's, it's, I don't know. You could I, have I, been I opening a door to your own beach house. Yes. Though. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. You're not wrong. I mean, we were in a slightly different place yeah. and Heather wasn't quite making what she was, but come on. Like, uh, because we, we, we figured it out. We could have essentially paid for our mortgage just from the summer rentals. Yeah, if man. we would have got that place. That's, but hey, I guess the lesson is shoulda, woulda, coulda is a type of conversation for losers. All right. <laughs> so I'm a loser. Uh, but no, it, it's been good. Uh, but back to the short form content real quick. For those of you that are here in the live stream, you know, you're our diehards. I would appreciate a little more likes and shares on your own socials i mean i see you all do it all for you know star wars daily or star wars life or go fuck your mom's star wars account come on like i do my 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 best to you know if you tag us in your stories and you know i'll, I'll throw it out there i'll promote your products your photography whatever like come on we don't ask for money we don't we don't paywall any of our content could you just take the three seconds to to like the reels to like the youtube shorts in particular on youtube like maybe share on your own feeds uh you know i don't want to sound like a beggar like anyone owes us anything but for all the comments of hey we love you we want to support you we, we tell you how to support us and it seems to fall on deaf ears all right so uh and this is my narcissism too i don't want to rub anyone the wrong way we love you all but Someone like me, when I'm scrolling through Instagram and I'm going through the stories of our some of our big fans, and, and I'm seeing content that we've produced, uh, but they're sharing it from other Star Wars accounts, it's like, we are losers then, aren't we? I have failed you, Nick. <laughs> I have failed you. <laughs> so, you know, come on. Help us out on this new short form uh, push. Just, just take the two seconds. I mean, even a fucking like. I'll take that, but I, I would love putting it in your own stories or if you're on YouTube in particular, all that type of fun stuff. Um, we, we've also now have the ability to do clips of our YouTube content. So if you are watching the show and we say something extra dumb or we get in a pissing match or it's content, you're like, hey, this is why I watch these two idiots. Clip it and flip it. All right. Um, I, I, I hate sounding like a beggar and I hate pleading for this type of stuff. Uh, but if you do really like the show and, and you want to make at least me feel like not like a loser, just simple shares here and there. We're not asking for the world. You know, we're not asking you to stump too hard. So that's it. I'll, I'll leave everything on that. I don't want our first show back to be a lecture on our insignificance. Um, but I, I, uh, I would appreciate some of that because it, it really takes no effort. And, and I see all of you do it for other accounts. So <laughs> I know you know how to do it. Um, help your boys out from the SWTS. All right, dude. So, um, what the fuck? We, we, we got all sorts of shit today. I, I've decided, you know, we're not going to spend too much time on what's past. What's past is past. Like Kylo said, let the past die. Uh, and, and I don't want to drive Nick nuts talking about stuff that's damn near three weeks old at this <laughs> point in time. Uh, so, you know, vacation was great. One wheel. I am, I am one with the one wheel. And the one wheel is one with me. You, you all get it that are Star Wars fans, right? At this point in time, I honestly think, like Cheer It, I could close my eyes and ride that motherfucker and not die. Nice. That thing is one of the most beautiful, 
and entertaining devices I've pissed money away on in recent memory. Especially if you live somewhere nice like Austin, Texas, or if you got trails around you. I can't even tell you how magical riding that thing around the coast was. You know, going through marshlands or just being up on a boardwalk. It is a thing of beauty. Zen. Zen. Again, I am one with the one wheel. And the one wheel is with me. <laughs> All right. Um, so just real quickly, uh, Nick even touched on it and, and I kind of preface it last week. Hopefully you all listened to our show last week. I, I think it was probably kind of neat because you literally got Matt for 50 minutes and his views. And then Nick came in and kind of closed the show. You know, he was the closer. Uh, they go, what were some famous closers? Out Mariano there? Rivera. There, I, that, that's who I was thinking <laughs> of. I just forgot. I was going to say, who's the Yankee fucker? Yeah. <laughs> there, Nick, Nick had him down. But, we, you know, we did, did we did have a two-person cast last week. It just wasn't dueling. It was, uh, as I said on the cast, it was going to be like dueling fanjos where I would spew and then Nick would spew. And you all have to try to figure out if we actually enjoy the content or not. Um, but, but, you know, like, like Nick said, it... And sadly, Nick, were you even surprised at the reaction to Reva and Moses Ingram? I mean, it's literally gotten to this point. Like, it's it's definitely sad and depressing that this is the fandom we inhabit. But were you shocked that this happened I'm, to her? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't even know about it until Taylor told me. Like, um, because I don't look at social media all that much, especially since I don't watch the episodes until the day of the podcast. So like I was way behind on like fan reaction and shit like that. But like when she told me, was it surprising? No. Did it hurt a lot? Yeah. Because I have my girlfriend's black. Taylor is black. She's, a, she's a black woman. And like, they are like all of these fans out there. It was to the degree that literally uh, you and McGregor had to come out and make a video calling all this and Luke, shit out. And, and Lucasfilm. Like, Lucasfilm had to put out a, a targeted post saying, listen, fuck all you people. Like, you, you, you types of fans aren't fans. The same, same message, essentially, mm -hmm. that, that Ewan said. Yeah, it's, it's gross. And I know there's fans out there like, oh, they're going to be picking on the fans again. You fuckers deserve to be picked on. You're scumbags. Anyone that treats another human the way some of these people treated Moses Ingram and probably are still treating her. I mean, I don't know. Have they chased her off social media like they did the Daisy? I don't think um, that Moses uh, like is going to get Kelly. scared off by these people. Like, I don't want to say anything like like against Daisy or Kelly, but like Moses seems like the type of person that's not going to like put up with the shit. Like, because yeah, she think, took I, it I, and I she think, was like, look at all this garbage. Y'all are weird. Yeah. Like, yeah she said, y'all are weird. <laughs> it's like, it's like, well, sorry, Moses, because, you know, there, there are some of us that are much better than what has been presented yeah. to you. But, and, and I don't want to, you know, we're going to spend much time on this at all, but it, it's, it, it, just listen, for those of you in the back that always get butt hurt when, when Star Wars fans get picked on. This is why you, you may be part of the you may be part of the problem, honestly. Like if, if you can't see this shit as problematic, you're probably fucked up in the head yourself. All right. It, it, it makes no sense. She's playing a goddamn character. And I personally think Reva is fantastic. And yeah. this isn't some woke ass take. Sorry, Star Wars theory. I guess that guy's gone like full fucking negative these days. I'm sure there's fans of him out there. He's the biggest fucking Star Wars fan channel around. 
But apparently, uh, the, the premiere, he just sat there and fucking shit on Reva the entire time. Like, what? What is she doing? That's so awful. Yeah. I think she's great. I, I, I like, don't th- get it. But whatever. Well, well, we we know what it truly is. It's female person of color. I mean that that's at the core. That's what it is. They they a lot of them try to spin it as like, oh, she's annoying sounding, or she shouldn't be doing this. It's gonna break canon. Blah 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 blah. It's just all smoke and mirrors for the racism. Um, but whatever. Hey, you know, let, let, let's try to have a little fun talking about Kenobi because, uh, you know, Nick has a point. It, 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 it's. I don't let other fans really affect my fandom, but it does weigh on me. Clearly, I'm talking about it now. And there are times I've had Kung Fu came to me, Press Pause came to me. It's like, dude, thanks for just speaking positive about Obi-Wan Kenobi because everywhere we're looking online, it's like everyone's fucking trashing this shit. It's like, well, welcome to 21st century Star Wars <laughs> fandom, my friends. This is it. I- I've been trying to tell you. I mean, I... I- I sickly, like mentally sickly, horrible phrase right there. I, I almost take it with a fire hose to the face, all the fan nonsense because of how much I get integrated into the Star Wars fandom. Uh, but for people that aren't on socials or whatnot and, and they see this type of stuff, it is still kind of jarring to them. And I just go, well, welcome to the new normal. This is Star Wars, whether you like it or not. I mean, it's been bubbling under the surface ever since Disney uh, bought the the license. It burst through the surface with TLJ and it's just continued to get worse since then. So, um, but really Obi-Wan Kenobi episodes one and two were great. They were, I I think it was a smart move to release them both together. A, you know, episode one, while I was entertained that would have generated a lot of that, you know, Nick. Oh, fucking filler. It was filler. I'm so filler. I don't have a brain, so I just want to see action. And then I don't care about story or setup or nuance. I just want we, 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 Vader. I mean, we got a bunch of Neanderthals in the fandom. But, oh well, there you go. There's Kenobi 1 and 2. Let's go ahead and do what everyone has been waiting for since the series kicked off, and that is the patented, never-to-be-copied Star Wars Time Show breakdown of Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 3. I guess they're not episodes. Yeah, it's pa- part, part, part 3. Parts. Part 3. All right, so let me go ahead and switch some screens around. I'm a little rusty at this. You'll have to excuse me here. It's been been two weeks. My brain can't quite retain how to run the show <laughs> um yeah I'm, I'm seeing here from from props and some of those i i think um one six made it too um they got to go i don't know if you saw this nick but anyone that got into the lucasfilm presents panel they all got to go to the red carpet premiere of kenobi one two with the with the stars the cast the directors that's awesome and um, yeah, I think Justin was there. Props, and it it probably was an experience. So, it, trust me, I was jealous of all you motherfuckers, but I was appreciative of those of you that were there. In particular, Scion, Bat, Nova, Props, Scoundrel, um, just checking out your your content. Kiko collects. I know he's he doesn't really tune into the show. I mean, he he participates with the hashtag, mm-hmm. uh, but he had some good coverage too. So I, I was living through all of you. And it did look like a fucking blast. Um, but let's go ahead and get into it, man. You know how we do it here. We usually give uh, our general impressions of the episode first. Then we'll get into the uh, nuance. You know, things of note, some eggs, 
some things that might pop up in the future, and then we'll kind of kick the tires on what may happen in part four. Um, so Nick, why don't you go ahead? What, what was your general feeling of Obi-Wan Kenobi episode three? The, um, the trip to, was it Mapuza? Mapuzo? Yeah, Mapuzo, yeah. I think is how they called it. I, I was a huge fan. Like I, I really enjoyed the sense of just like uncomfortability and tension that Obi-Wan felt even before like the, the initial Vader vision. And then obviously leading into the alt, like the first showdown between, oh, yeah. between Kenobi and Vader. Oh, dude, I just, mean, I mean the end, the end of episode two was fantastic where she breaks the news to him and the way Ewan acted that. I mean, you could see Kenobi, like everything just, just sunk down into his stomach. Well, there's, there's Nick um, tapping out. So uh, 22 minutes was pretty good. Whoever, whoever put that one in there. <laughs> All right. There he is. He's back. back. He's back. Um, that was a quick one though. Yeah. He's quick on the trigger now. Hopefully it, uh, no, I, I, what I was saying before you dropped out, I was like, wasn't the end of episode two perfect and how Reva just broke him emotionally by revealing to him Anakin's alive you f- essentially you failed you can't escape him he he knows you're out there he's looking for him and just the look on Ewan's face like that's why Ewan McGregor makes the money he makes yeah and it carried all the way to the very end where he just goes Anakin <laughs> and then you know you get the cut yeah. to Anakin awaking and, and feeling his master again through the force but yeah as you were saying it leads right into Obi-Wan's state at the beginning so go yeah ahead. like sense of tension and dread I mean, it never left him through this entire episode, even in his exchanges with uh, with Leia. I mean, when he kind of like snapped at her when they when they were walking, when they first got to Mapuzo and, they were, and he was convinced that it was a setup, they were walking and he, he just snaps and says, not everybody is nice. Like, that's something that that Grand Master Kenobi would never do that that, you know, Jedi Council member. Kenobi would never do like he would always have control of his emotions especially in a situation like that where danger is at its highest and you can tell that just the throughout the whole episode that even though Anakin didn't show up that Vader didn't show up until the end of the episode or near the end of the episode that his just knowing that he's alive are you fucking kidding me oh we lost him again you got to be kidding me Welcome to the Star Wars Time Show. Um, we'll see if he comes back here. Oh, here he comes. Maybe this will. Maybe this well, will. Uh, third time's a charm here. Well, if this if this keeps happening, then <laughs> it's going to be a solo macho. Um, oh my god, dude! So we'll see. Yeah, we we're going to have to do like some offline testing to figure out what in the fuck is going on with your Windows setup, or we're going to have to start a GoFundMe to get you a, a an Apple device. I mean, at uh, this so point, we, it's, so we can it's, get through a show. <laughs> it is Skype for sure. There's no other culprit here uh, than Skype. But anyway, um, <laughs> it, it it affected his entire his entire perception of events, like. You know, I mean, he's shell shocked, man. Yeah. He, is, I mean, you know, we'll we'll get into it. What happens to him in the episode? But but going into episode three, he is shell shocked. Like his his whole world has been ripped out from under him. Everything he thought had happened was a lie. Uh, his former apprentice that he mutilated is is out there, and and is, and is this terror of the galaxy. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, credit to you, and he he's really selling the. It, it, we 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 talked about this. We speculated on, it and we you know we talked about it based on what the writer said. I mean, we were going to meet a very broken man, just like Luke was on uh, his island. So hopefully, people can start seeing now, like, hey, you know, Jedi can get fucked up in the head if they feel responsible for horrific things that have happened to the galaxy. <laughs> so it happens. It, it even happens to our man, Mister Hello. There, it's okay. Yeah, um, me in general uh, loved the episode. Obviously, we knew the moment was coming. We've we've talked about what it would be like to see Vader on screen again in live action in a more intense presentation, uh, you know, bordering on that Rogue One type of style Vader, and, and, and we got it. And my goodness, uh, even the haters couldn't shit on this episode. Yeah. I mean, Stunt Buddy was not a fan. He he thinks the cinematography is garbage, but... I mean, I don't I think really... Like stunt buddy is just like to me he's he's a part of the 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 shithead crowd now. He'll find <laughs> yeah he does. He'll I find problems with everything. So his opinion means about as much to me as, I, as the I, shithead I, Twitter egg guy. I'm with you. <laughs> like, I'm with you. And I've said it a million times. I would watch a flip book presentation of Star Wars like stick figures flipping through on paper, old school. As long as it had a good story, I could care less. Yeah. I, I mean, it could be. Me going like, oh, hey, I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm Darth Vader. And as long as there's Stunt, a story Somebody there, should tell Deborah Chow that the I'm cinematography good. was dog shit. And then she can be like, oh, yeah, like you work in stunts, right? I hope you enjoy your job for the next two weeks because you're not going to have yeah. any more. Like, yeah, the guy so, just um, think it seems like his ego has exploded to the point to where he thinks that he can do everything better than everybody else. I, I honestly think that is a stunt, uh, a stunt and industry thing in general. But yes, you're I, I don't think you're you're too far off. Um, but yeah, I mean, the episode was 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 aces. We'll, we'll get into all the top moments and, and things of note and, and things you may have missed at this point in time. Who knows? Maybe even watch my little shorts to get you you, you caught up. But I, I thought what, what Vader did in that town was I mean, that's exactly what I have wanted to see for 41 years of my life. Uh, it, 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 it touched it, And here's the crazy thing. It only scratched the surface on his evilness and, and what he's willing to do. And hopefully everyone understood why he was doing that stuff. It wasn't just indiscriminate murder. Like if you get into the nuance of Anakin and the dark side and how he feeds on it and makes himself stronger, it is through people's fear, pain, suffering and it also when he has all that negative energy going on in the force it he knew it was going to flush out kenobi like he knew by doing all this it it was going to muffle kenobi's powers because he you know he he pulls from the light side of the force the positivity the happiness the warm and fuzzies and when you're in 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 a location where there's nothing but fear suffering and death that mutes the jedi and uh, so I, it, it was it was a thing of beauty, as sadistic as that sounds. It was a thing of beauty to see as a fan of Vader and a fan of Vader across mediums, comic book Vader, animated Vader, live action Vader, claymation Vader, doesn't fucking matter. That is who he is. That is who Anakin is. And he is that way all the way up through the original trilogy. It's really not until he runs into Luke and realizes that, oh, shit, that's my son, that 
he kind of loses his path, which was also explained in the comics. You remember, I, don't, I hate rehashing it, but that's why Palpatine brought him in and fucking mutilated him just like Obi-Wan Kenobi did. And remind him, like, no, bitch, you are my number two. You're getting a little too soft. You need that anger and fear and pain and suffering back. So, yeah, it, it was great. And, and just seeing Kenobi is like some people are like, oh, Kenobi, it was barely even a fight. Well, yeah, no kidding. Kenobi's shell-shocked. He barely even has a connection to the Force. And he has a guy that's been sitting around for 10 years with a hard-on for getting revenge. Yeah. Just toying with him. One-handed, like, just one-handed strikes were knocking Kenobi down to the ground. It was, I fucking loved it, but more on that in a minute. Uh, All right, so um, let's kind of pull up some of the screens here. Did take some screenshots. Um, I'm just going to go through some of my notes, Nick. These are like top moments. There, there really hasn't been a ton of non-obvious Easter eggs, really, in this series. I mean, yeah, yeah there's been some little shit that is like, whatever. Uh, I know I didn't do much on the whole corn horn thing from episode two with, with Haja. Oh, by the way, sidebar, Haja Estri, one of my new favorite Star Wars characters. He, was, he played it really well. Yeah, Kumail. K- Kumail, I, I fucking love the guy. I mean, he he kind of plays the same character in, in a lot of his his roles, but I, I dig it. I, I thought he, he played that con man perfectly, but you could also tell that he does have a heart. He is connected to this, this resistance movement that we saw more of in Episode 3 with Tala. Um, but anyways, he kicks ass. So um, kind of starting off, some of my, my favorite things. Um, right at the beginning, you had the love that how they kind of mirrored Kenobi dealing with the knowledge that Anakin is alive and then Anakin slash Vader dealing with the knowledge that Kenobi has been found and how they were kind of cross-cutting it while Kenobi is still trying his damnedest to reach out to mm-hmm. his master Qui-Gon. And like we said, through some of the leaks, the connection's not there because Kenobi is not, his head's not right yet. But I, but I loved, he's like, master, please, he's coming. <laughs> you gotta love that. Uh, but really, Nick, how did you like seeing Vader nearly fully assembled? I thought as a, a fan of the character and, and knowing what he goes through, getting that kind of behind the scenes peek at, at his morning routine, his pre-coffee <laughs> routine I mean, I love it. It, it, it. He's like a, he's like a fucking engine on those chains that they, you know, pull up in a shop to to drop in the cars and whatnot. But he's he's a human. Yeah. And it just, I, it was so mechanical, so brutal. Uh, it, you know, there there's like no care for for Anakin. He is truly a machine. Yeah. I mean, you could see too that at this point in his life, he's just become kind of desensitized to the whole process too. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, Perfect. Yeah, he just sits there like yeah. numb. And that's a really interesting juxtaposition juxtaposition when you put it next to the end of Rots where he's just writhing, screaming in pain the whole time yeah. and it just shows you that like he has become so hardened and so soulless for lack of a better word yep. over these 10 years yeah. that like even in the face of like if, if he would have encountered Kenobi, you know, the day after he gets his suit put on, I think that Anakin has an emotional breakdown. Like, I don't think that he would physically be able to handle what was in front of him. Now, 10 years later, after years of calluses, 
after years of anticipation of, of, of finding this person and, and exacting revenge, like he's built up just this, this, this surface around his, his personality and around his being that like nothing can really affect him anymore. Like that's, that's the Vader. Like we're starting to see shades of the Vader that we see in the original trilogy where it's just like, it doesn't matter what happens. He has no reaction to it. Even the yeah. moment when his son is on the ground writhing in pain from lightning coursing through his body, like he's still until the moment that he picks up fucking uh, father, yeah, please. He was he was flat, and like this is the yeah. Vader that you see in the original trilogy. So I was no, so you're right. Scared. I mean, even in that moment where you know Luke has gotten to him a little bit, he's still doing double takes. Like yeah. he's looking at his son, he's looking at his master, yeah. he's looking at his son, looking at his master, and then when Luke gives that final cry for help that's what does it and he's like now he literally goes no no <laughs> yeah. and, and and does the toss but you know I, I think that was a great great breakdown there he really is i mean I, i've got the shot up where you're seeing the helmet lowered down and there's zero emotion on this man's face at this point in his life uh like nick said he doesn't flinch he is a he's he's just a husk He's a husk of what he was. There, there is no, truly, there is no Anakin right now. Like that, that guy's definitely gone dead, just like Obi Wan lied to Luke about. Um, well, you know, from a certain point of view, is actually starting to make some fucking sense right now. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> he truly is no, no longer there, and and that's why you get some of those great lines like, "My God, what have they done to you?" And his reply, you know, that this is what you have made what, me. Yeah, this is what you made. I mean, just it's. His, to me, I mean, Anakin is like your prototypical shithead who blames all their problems in their life on everyone else and takes zero accountability. I mean, he's like a lot of people alive right now in the 21st century. You know, like, hey, it's your problem. It's those, it's that group of people's problem that my life is bad. It, it's your problem that my life is bad. It's, it has nothing to do with my choices and decisions in life. It's everyone else, and that, and that's who he is. But uh, as a huge Vader Anakin fan, I just I love that montage of him getting rank, ranked out, tubes ripped out, his uh, kind of under tunic put on, the shit stabbed into his stomach. I mean, the his neck piece, the helmet, his legs, his arms, and that's every day. Like, yeah. and if he doesn't do it. He dies. That's the best part. That like, is if he a, doesn't do this. If he's not in that suit, fucked. he has to be in that back to tank. And it's it's one yeah. or the other. <laughs> so <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, what a life. And you know, no wonder he when, when that when he was choke choking that dad out and the kid's like, no, he's just what doesn't even think and just like see you later, fucker. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> it pushes like literally slams the kid against the wall when he comes out trying to save his father. Like yeah. just and then, then just a quick little twist of the fingers, and there goes your life. You're mm -hmm. dead. Um, I, another moment I just love seeing as a super fan of Vader is we've seen his castle. You know, we, we've seen it in, in live action. We've seen it in uh, some game. of the Lego nonsense, the video games. But actually seeing his throne room and him, Vader, sitting on the stone throne, loved it. Yeah. It was nothing. I mean, it was like a what a, a fifteen second scene where he's checking in on Reva and kind of getting that uh, interplay between the Inquisitors up that competition yeah. because that's what's that's what Darksiders do. Yeah. 
But I just, I love seeing the guy. I mean, he literally got out of his assembly moment, had his Mustafarian boba or whatever, and then sat down on his cold granite stone throne and had a talk with one of his inquisitors. Yeah. Um, It's just cool. I mean, it's just fucking rad to see Darth Vader sitting on a throne. I'm a simpleton. What can I say? Uh, Moving right along. All right. You know, we haven't had much time to uh, talk about the Obi-Wan and Leia relationship because just haven't been around. Uh, But I can tell you right now, it's I don't give a fuck if people want to compare it to Mandalorian or not. I I love it. I I think these two together adds so much backstory to both Obi-Wan and Leia herself. Uh, Vivian is a is a complete joy to watch on screen. She's fucking perfect. Yeah. And and the way her and Ewan just play scenes together is, is masterful. But if you're on the live stream, we'd always love for you to join 230p East on YouTube, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. The shot I have up right now was th- they're still on the transport. So this is before they get to Mapuzo. And um, surprisingly, Kenobi's got some uh, mechanical skills. Yeah. I, I didn't quite ever know that. Maybe he picked them up from Tika in, in his cave on, on Tatooine, the Jawa that steals all the shit and sells it back to him. You gotta love that. You gotta love, I yeah. mean, Jawas get better and better with, with if more Disney Plus content shit, that comes at out. At least clean it before you sell it back. Yeah. That's you know it too. And, and Tika had no problem. She's like, hey, fuck you. Extra. Yeah, you're right. But yeah. <laughs> that was great. Uh, dude. Jawas are the best and they literally have become the just like Tuscan Raiders they're becoming this worthwhile faction where you know in a new hope they're you know as a kid I kind of looked at them as like bad guys they're fucking up my my buddies yeah, the droids they're stealing but, all this stuff and yeah yeah and they, now you know that they, you know they, they they steal stuff to give the Mando to use on a ship they they sleep with Pelimoto uh you, you know they were fleecing Kenobi with his own parts <laughs> You got to love them. You got to love them, man. They're, they're like they're those flea market people hustling. and trash pickers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, back to the scene. So we learned that Kenobi's got some mechanical skills because he fixes Lola. And, and by the way, I don't think Lola quite is going to capture the, the, the Grogu cuteness craze. I, yeah. I don't know if people are snagging those toys or not. I, I do like the droid and, and the bond with Leia, but it ain't Grogu. Uh, but anyways, this scene right here, Nick, I thought was pretty important. And the reason why... Um, it's because he, he kind of gets into talking about the force with the young Skywalker, you know, on the surface, it's just a conversation, but to someone like me that likes to kind of dig deep and think about the impact of these conversations on this little girl, I mean, Leia was getting talked to about the force from Obi-Wan Kenobi a decade before Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting canon to me, as as little as it was. What else was kind of neat here was hearing Kenobi open up about his family life. He had a brother. And not his Jedi family. Yeah. 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 I mean, you've never heard about this shit. Maybe in some comics. He he's never talked about having having a brother or what it was like to be taken from his family so young. And I can tell you right now, I think that little seed was planted. To eventually tie into some of Reva's beef with the Jedi and Obi-Wan in particular. Uh, maybe he was the one that went and got her from her family. Possible. Uh, I do want, let, let's just talk about that right now. Because I know some of you people out there worried about canon being destroyed. And I think that's silly. You got to remember who is 
surrounding these shows now. Dave Filoni, he, he's not going to break canon. You also have to remember what is canon after the Disney <laughs> acquisition. It's the cartoon right, it, shows it, it, and the movies. That's it. All the shit that Filoni's you read not, back in the day doesn't matter anymore. I read it too. It, it just, it doesn't Filoni's matter. He's not going to break his own canon yeah. in Star Wars Rebels. He's not going to do it. Like he would not let that go. But anyways, back real quick. Another little sidebar. A lot of you had problems with the fact of, uh, you know, Reva knowing that Anakin was Darth Vader. To me, that's a very easy explanation. She was one of the younglings that kicked off the goddamn series. I mean, just look. There is a taller black young girl in that group of kids that look like they had a chance to get away. So I, I don't think it's too, too um, big of a stretch to think that she either saw Anakin murdering people as Lord Vader yeah. or saw the hollow recording that Obi-Wan saw. I mean, it's, it, it, or Anakin captured her right there. You know, you, you don't, it, to me, it's, it's not a hard stretch to, to, to that. Reva knows the secret that only supposedly Palpatine, Padme, Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Bail Organa knew. She was there. Yeah. There's a good chance she saw the same video that Obi-Wan saw. Now, why does she have such a hard on for Obi-Wan? I think it could be one of two things. I just said the one. Maybe he was one of the Jedi that picked her up from her family. Or maybe she saw, she was hiding away still in the temple when him and Yoda got back. Or she saw the message, don't come here, leave, and felt like, well, who's going to come and save me? You betrayed me, Obi-Wan, and now I've been captured by these fucking psychos and turned into an Inquisitor. Um, I I do feel like we're going to get some more more of Reva's story. You don't open the series with that awesome Order 66 moment with a direct focus on a group of younglings. For no and it reason. Not connect, right, <laughs> and not connect later on. So just, just take a deep breath. Same thing with the Grand Inquisitor. We've seen a lot of people, even recently, getting taken out in the stomach and they come right back. Fennec Shand is one. Yep. We do have uh, these, these mechanical parts and shit we can do now. And the Grand Inquisitor himself in Rebels has spoken a line that goes something like, there are fates worse than death. That could be being brought back alive to keep doing the bidding of two psycho Sith Lords. Yeah. In fact, in the comics, after the, the Grand Inquisitor does die at the hands of Kanan, Vader tra- like, almost traps his soul in a Jedi temple to where he truly never dies. Because remember, Sith... They don't go in the Force Ghost land, but they can put their essence into objects. And he, the Grand Inquisitor, when Luke was going to look for a new lightsaber after the events of Empire Strikes Back, comes and haunts him as a spirit and is like, I'm, this is my life now. This is my fate because I died. And, and this is what Vader has uh, kind of co-signed me to. So don't worry. They're not going to break canon. Just deep breaths. Let it play out. It's a six-part long movie. It's okay. You're not going to get everything every week. That's the beauty of serialized <laughs> storytelling. Okay? All right. Uh, but anyways, back. so, so I, I love all their conversations have been great, but this, this was a good one. A, you literally having force talks with one of the most one of the highest potential force users in the galaxy at this point in time, young Leia. And you get some of Kenobi's backstory, which has more or less been missing. Yeah, all but ignored. 
Um, All right. I Did you think that when they were on the barge or like on Frank's little truck that he was going to start pulling out some mind tricks? Did you think that was coming when the... On, on, on Freck? No, not on Freck, but or, on or, uh, on the troopers when they walked up. Oh, on the troopers? Yeah. You know, that I didn't, but that is, that's good insight. But I still think he's... He's that out of touch with the force that I don't I don't think he could do it. Yeah. I mean, you saw what it took for him just to tap into it to save Leia, Leia from her fall. Yeah. I mean, he was like, you know, almost taking a fucking grumpy, as as Johnny Depp likes to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, that 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 probably that would have been a, a vintage callback. Yeah. Uh, I You know, I, I when you look at it with hindsight, though, Nick, I, I don't know if the situation really presented itself to try to yeah, it would mind have, trick a, a gaggle of troops. Yeah. And the, the only time where I was like, I was like, he clearly can't do the hand motion without somebody noticing. The only time <laughs> that I thought he was going to be able to do it was, was when he was stepping off the truck and like you're moving, like you're using your hands, you're climbing down. Yeah. I was like, maybe he's going to like turn and then when he turns, he'll just like wave his hand and then have it happen. But yeah, I mean, well, yeah, you know. Like, Haja showed us you don't need to wave yeah. a hand. You can actually do it over a communicator, right? Like, yeah. oh, I'm getting into uh, your brain now. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm releasing oh, you Kamal, from man. the bond. <laughs> I have a feeling we'll we'll see him again. Like, that that medallion he gave him, that, that, that has to be tied to this, the path and Jabim and some things I may or may not know about O'Shea Jackson's character. I, I do think Kamal is, that wasn't his only... Um, screen time. Yeah. All right. So another moment that I really appreciate as a fan, um, as a part of Obi-Wan's PTSD after realizing Anakin is still alive, is when they're on Mapuzo and you can tell he's kind of out of it. Like he's, he's fucked. And he looks and you get to see our man Hayden in that cloak as, as Vader before he lost all his body parts. And, you know, if that's I, I still think we're going to get Hayden as Anakin in a flashback. Yeah. But even that was good that if we didn't get a flashback, Nick, that was good enough for me. Yeah. Just seeing the man in, in his darker cloak that he's got a great scowl on for for that moment, even though it was a vision. Uh, but I, I just I love that it, it further showed how, f- you know, frazzled Obi-Wan is at this moment. Um, but it, it got that, you know, got Hayden into the tunic and robes, uh, it, it, at least for a, a brief moment. So, yeah, uh, you, you mentioned Freck. Uh, I, I, I thought he was a fun character voiced by Zach Braff. A lot of people thought it was Seth Rogen. It was not. It was it was Zach Braff. But but really, the, the first introduction and how Leia went about that. I, I love that. Yeah. I mean, you that is like vintage. You 100 percent. Yeah. You not only see General Leia in that, but but you see some of the Padme, like like I'm going to talk about here in a minute, and hopefully I don't start crying. But she just walks in like a little boss, <laughs> making up stories without even flinching, you know? Like yeah. just boom, boom, this, that, my dad, we're here, we got lost, blah, 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 blah. I mean, she's a pro. Yeah. Um, super scoundrel. Nick, you may even want to go on Instagram to check these out, but he's been doing like these young Leia studies. I've seen some of them. Where Okay, good. Well worth checking out to any of you out there. Look at at super underscore scoundrel on Instagram. He's been doing these very cool uh, juxtapositions of young Leia next to her older self, or I think his most recent one was young Leia. And if you swipe, it's her mom. Uh, It just works. It just works. That's all I'm saying. 
All right. So, um, but yeah, as you were saying, when they're in Freck truck, whatever the fuck you want to call it, they have another fantastic conversation. One that, you know, he got maybe, maybe got me a little emotional, just like that moment in episode two, right before Reva shows up where he's like, no, you just, you remind me of an old friend. It's like, fuck this poor bastard. Like he did just think about what he's dealing with right now. But here in particular, what I like, Nick, it wasn't the save of Connor Lay and then be like, oh, you know, oh, that right. was the name of her mom. And we all knew as fans that he was literally telling the truth. Like when I look at her, I see her mother. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, I just want to cry. It's like <laughs> poor Padme. Yeah. You know, poor Leia, poor Ben. You just feel bad for all these motherfuckers because of what Anakin Skywalker chose to do. Like what a fuck face. But you know what I like the most, Nick, is when she asked him, are you my real dad? Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you got to be killing me. As a father of a, a, young ki- a young daughter, it's like, oh, oh, this poor little lady. And, and Obi-Wan, knowing who her real dad is, and he, and he can't tell her. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough shit. Like, I'm getting emotional here. It happens. It's just, it's deep shit, man. I, I love this stuff, but I, I love when she actually brought up, like, are you my dad? Yeah, their relationship and, between those two is really strong. And like the on-screen chemistry for a girl who's literally, what, five years old? In, like in real life, like she is very young. For her to have the ability to bounce yeah, off there's, of... Yeah, there's no way she's 10. There's no way she's 10. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at her and, and she reminds me of my daughter, like a six-year-old. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I, I wish I would have got my kid screen testing earlier. I mean, maybe, yeah, I guess uh, she is 10. Well, she's not, she just turned 10. So when she was filming okay, this, she right. was probably eight, nine, somewhere around not, there. Yeah, eight or nine. So nine like, yeah. yeah. Like, she, like, she plays so mature for her age. And, like, even though she looks young, like, to be able to literally sit there as a nine-year-old and bounce off and, and, and really deep get shit. deep, like the, yeah, with... Yeah. With Ewan McGregor, who is one of the, the best character actors uh, in the last 15 years. I mean, probably further back than that, if you go to train spotting and everything like that. Like, this guy is a is a consummate professional. And, like, the work that she does is absolutely... She's my favorite part of the show. Like, it's, it's not even close when you consider yeah. what she was asked to do as a child. Like... And, and the burden that she doesn't know, I mean, she doesn't know the burden that's on her shoulders, but like you're playing one of the most noticeable heroic female figures in Hollywood history. Like you're that that is what her task was to take Leia Organa, one of the first female like strong female heroines that we've ever seen in sci fi and like bring her to life as a child. And this girl is just crushing it. I mean, it's it's absolutely impressive. Yeah, yeah, and and you hit the nail on the head. It's you know, it's a lot of kids can act. Some of them are pretty good. The 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 content she's being given to emote is crazy for someone her age. She doesn't understand these level of emotions yet. I mean, you could argue people my age in their forties don't quite understand these types of emotions. Being abandoned, feeling abandoned. You know, she said it multiple times now. Like, I, she knows she's not an Organa. Her shit, shithead cousin yeah. reminds her. She knows her real dad's gone. Her real mom's gone. 
And the way Vivian can emote and not look like a little kid actor is is where she wins. Yeah. But it's just like she has perfected Carrie Fisher. She she's got her down at that young of an age. And you just love it. I mean, you saw it just happen to me a few minutes ago. I started to blubber up like that's genuine shit. Look, I'm, I'm going to have to take the damn picture down pretty soon. I'm going to start crying again. I don't know how, how much of it is me tying it to my little kid or just the beauty of the lore that these two are sharing. I, this is why I like Star Wars, people. OK, the fucking Vader stuff. That's great. That the, the visual stuff. That's awesome. It's these moments, these conversations that flesh out the lore, that grow characters. Yeah, it's also that's what I like. It's it's un, like it's unexpected moments, and it's un. Yeah, I would even call them like you could have made this whole show without that exchange happening, and it wouldn't have been any better or worse without it. Like it wasn't a necessary conversation to have, but like you said. It deepens the lore, it deepens the character connections, and it does something that you weren't expecting. Like, we were all expecting to watch this episode and see a showdown between Vader and Kenobi. We knew it was going to happen. We knew that they were going to have, uh, they were going to get to a planet and have to run away from the Inquisitors. We knew that was going to happen. We knew a lot of what was going to happen in this episode, if you really think about it. Like, did we know the particulars? Oh, yeah. No. But... This exchange. The, the leaks have been. Hey, the leaks have been spot on. I mean, MSW. He gets the goods. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it, it, not that we needed a lot of leaks. I mean, you, you could kind of pick up on things from the trailers, but everything is playing out as expected so far. But like Nick said, we're getting these little gem uh, dialogue moments that they're not flashy. They're not sizzly. You know, they're they're not meant to wow. But if you pay attention to what's being said. It deepens the lore for the characters, the universe as a whole. I, I mean, now you can sit back after episode three of Kenobi and be like, it makes a, a, a fuck ton of sense that she named her kid Ben Solo. Uh, I, I mean, you know, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Mm -hmm. Yep. It, it, you know, everyone worried about dialogue getting ruined in a new... I, to me, I think it, it strengthens these moments now now we have direct uh, scenes to go back to and be like okay yeah i could see this i could see, I, I could see this yeah w real quick before we move on do you think before the series is up obi-wan will actually talk to leia about padme because you notice he he's avoided it so far like he he only calls her my friend or you know she was a great person a great leader it, it, never has he said Leia, I, I'm talking about your mom. Yeah, it's it's Do hard because there is that moment in the original trilogy towards the end where Leia says, like, I have memories of my mother. And, like, we know that she can't. Like, we know that she physically cannot have memories of her mother. She was too young. She's never saw, seen her alive. Um, and maybe it is. Like, maybe these memories are contrived from other people telling her about it, and namely Kenobi. Right. Like, Kenobi says, like, I did know your mother. We were very close and you are very I, much like her or something like that. Hear me out here. And, and I don't I don't think it'll go this way, but I wouldn't be upset if it did. But let's say at the end, after he regains his hope and, and, and sees that, all right, this is I'm ready to fight again. I, I, I've been out in the galaxy. I see. And, and we got it. Some like he, he goes to Tala, like, why are you doing this? I mean, you can tell Ben still is not down. Oh, with he's trying he's to fight fucked back. up. Like you could see that yeah, he, like 
episodes one, two, and three, just with Nari and everything. I else. mean, Bale, Bale like, had the Bale had to fly his ass to his cave because yeah. Obi on, on the on the comms was like, "Fuck you guys, find someone else. This ain't me. I ain't. I'm not General Kenobi anymore." Yeah. Um. But so, hear me out here. Let's say you know things end up happy and whatnot. Did, Maybe even deeper than him just being like, hey, Lay, you know what? I, I did know your mother. Her name was Padme. She was a queen. She looked this way. Could he do something where he kind of passes her a memory like a, through the force? Like a Vulcan mind meld? Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't want to say, like, is he going to, you know, split her cheek and eye and shit and do, you know, do the Spock. But I, I mean, something like that. It's hard because. Or is, or is that too, like. What too, I will say is that we've already seen it shown in. In this series and in in the pre, uh, the sequel trilogy, that like people can extract memories from people, like we've seen Reva pull yeah. information out of somebody's head. So I well, think how it, it could, we saw her do what she did exactly what Vader did to Luke in Return of the Jedi, where Luke's hiding, but because his emotions yeah. are so amped up. Vader could literally sense what he was thinking about. And he's like, sister, so Obi-Wan's failure is complete. And so maybe it's even maybe Leia just being around him and like just from her nascent force ability somehow picks up on his thoughts of her mother. Maybe and that's how she gets maybe but some I, of the feelings and, and visuals. I don't know. I, I do just, think that it's probably possible. I mean, like it's the force and it's fake anyway so they can make anything possible that they want but like it's probably possible that you can share memories with people that you can like you can force project a memory into somebody else's mind i think that that would be possible i I just you know we've had two episodes now where obi-wan has had a clear moment where it almost takes his breath away when he realizes like my god this is fucking padme my one of my greatest friends and he's talked about her twice. I, I just feel like naturally by the end of the series, he may just be like, you know what? Hey, I, I, I knew your mother. This is who she was. And maybe gives her a hollow recording of her or something. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that, yeah, I'm curious to see too, like the Organa home life is of like so much intrigue to me because like, you would have imagined that it probably wasn't hard for them to, to raise her and say like, Oh no, like you were our kid, like whatever. Like they didn't have to tell her that she was adopted. Yeah. Somebody and she knows. Yeah. But she knows. So like, it seems like that family is relatively open with this girl about like some information. And I wonder if she gets to a point to when she's like right before we meet, you know, late teens, 18, 17, 18, right before we meet her in, in, in the OT, that like Bale just tells her, like Bale tells her, like this was your mother, like your mother yeah. was Padme Amidala. Yeah, it's it's like why why hide it? it? I mean, Padme is not Darth Vader. Yeah, and and, so and it's I, I don't not know like, why hiding her mom's identity. Yeah. does anything. And it's and the thing is, is like even if she knows she's Padme's kid, like nobody else knew that she had that Padme was Anakin's wife. Nobody else knew that these kids are Anakin's kids. Like, so even her having that information is, is not going to be of a of detriment to right. her unless, you know, Vader, unless Vader finds out that would be the only way that that would be of true detriment to her is if Vader found out. Cause not even Vader's closest confidants other than the fucking emperor knows that these are her, his kids. 
So I don't think right. it would it would damage her in any way or put her in harm's way. I mean, how that, even the emperor didn't know Leia existed. I mean, yeah. it truly was in that throne room scene towards the end of Jedi where Vader's like, oh, Twin I snuffed out the final secret from, you know, my former shithead master trying to get one over on me. Um, I, hey, I don't know. Well, there that, that, that's a, a lot on little Leia, but yeah. clearly she she speaks to us. She's, and she's the highlight sorry for, for getting me, all. For sure. Sorry for getting all mushy on you. I can't help it. I just it's I think it's it's like a lot of my Star Wars emotions where I I, I tie them to real life, but it's also beautiful in universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just slow down and listen to the conversations he has with this young lady and what he's telling her without telling her about her real mom. It's fucking beautiful. It's awesome. And the whole, you know, the real dad thing, that is just like, Jesus. This show, man, they 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 know how to write these dialogue moments between these two because that is a great question for her to ask Obi-Wan. Like, are you my real dad? And knowing that he's not, but he does know who it is and he now knows that her real dad's fucking Darth Vader and yeah. terrorizing the galaxy. Man, deep shit. All right. I'm glad you brought up the, the Organas, by the way. Loved episode one and those moments on Alderaan. I, I, yeah. Just fantastic stuff. You know, one day they're all going to be looking at you, Leia, and it's like, oh, Jesus, that's a line, because if you think about it, the whole planet was looking at her on the Death Star right before it fucking exploded. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, real quick, I want to address some of the comments in here. Sorry, everyone, we're, we're getting deep into this stuff. So Tones has been going off here with some good questions. Uh, yeah, Qui-Gon is, is coming. They, they've set the stage. He, he's not just going to be reaching out. And, you know, I know we've talked about this in, uh, previously with some of the leaks, but... Um, you're probably not really going to get Qui-Gon in it until uh, maybe the, n- the next fight and getting that, that Mickey to Rocky relationship. Yeah. Like, come on, Ben, you can do it. You can do it. And then uh, I think by the end, we're probably going to see him in, in full form. Uh, the other one here. Yeah, I think we've now seen all the, the trailer TV spots. And, and I was wrong. They, they were fighting on Mapuzo. Remember... Um, weeks ago, Nick, I was like, look, he's, he's on a desert planet with a, with a gun. Has he gotten back to Tatooine? And now we know he did not. He was this not. Was Mapuzo where all that was. God, happening. man. It's, it's okay. so many desert planets on, on Star Wars. <laughs> just like, give me one. That's just like, man, nice trees and shit. We're, we're going to spend some time here. You're right. Yeah. yeah you, you go to, um, you went to what Corvus and you, there were some nice yeah. trees, but then when you look in the distance, <laughs> Thrawn's all, fucking wiping them all yeah, out. They're all so. fucking dead. <laughs> Navarro is a black lava desert planet. Oh, Mustafar is a just a lava planet. You're right. I mean, I, I really I dug Dayu. Dayu Not that we Dayu got to see cool. much of it outside of the city, but uh, I I dug that city. It reminded me of a few uh, spots we've seen in in Bad Batch and Clone Wars and whatnot. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they keep things drab here. Uh, not much to say here, but you had to love this death of the stormtrooper. I I actually think it's probably the greatest stormtrooper death in all of Star Wars, where um, even though he had the high ground, as, as Tone <laughs> shared in a meme, uh, it, it didn't matter. Obi-Wan shot him down, and then he got his ass split in half. Yeah, and literally. I know there's been a lot of people going around like, uh, hey, you could have just walked around the gate instead of shooting it. But hopefully when everyone understands that the gate was meant to block vehicles, not humans. But yeah, Obi-Wan took the extra step just in case uh, young Leia was going to try to jump over it like a hurdle and not make it. Yeah. So. Uh, but I, I love the death. It was a great visual. I'm glad they're they're willing to go to these levels of, of violence, if you will. 
Yeah, for sure. All right. So uh, kind of moving on with some of our top moments from Kenobi part three here. I, I uh, you know, here's Ned B. I, I, I do like Ned B. It's kind of cool to have a silent droid. And like Tala said, you know, actions speak louder okay. than words. And sure as shit, he kind of pays off on that in the end. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff to unpack once they meet Tala. Uh, I already talked about how, you know, Kenobi's reaction, like, why are you sacrificing yourself to, to try and fight back? Like, you can see Kenobi wants nothing to do with resisting the Empire. I mean, he's truly just like Luke. We fucking lost. I blew it. I'm not fucking around. Like, you people are crazy. They're too strong. We're not going to win. But the, the, the deep shit in here is we get some exposition on something called the path, the path. Nick, which is essentially the underground railroad for force sensitives yep. to keep them from the uh, inquisitorious. Yeah. I, that was great knowledge. Uh, getting the, the, the Quinlan Voss, just casual mention, Quinlan was here? Uh, if anyone knows the relationship between Obi-Wan and Quinlan, that's a big moment. Not only... Because it confirms in live action canon that Quinlan Voss is still around and he is helping the path in, in this uh, resistance movement. But it harkens back to um, their relationship in the Clone Wars. And while I think it was only featured over maybe an episode two at most. Yeah, I think it was two. They, 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 I, I'm not saying they, they, they were completely different Jedi, but that's what made them work well together. Like Quinlan was, I would say, more akin to Qui-Gon, a, a little looser, a little more into like the living force and not being so rigid and strict. Yeah. Where we know, we know our guy, he, he's kind of a, a, a by the booker. Uh, but just that, that slight casual callback, Quinlan was here. And, and how about this? We, we also learned through this conversation, Nick, that not only do the Mandalorians have a way, but so do the, the, Jedi, the Jedi, Yeah. right? Only here, here's the quote from Quinlan. Only when the eyes are closed, can you truly see? And Leia goes, see what? And Obi-Wan goes, the way. Yeah, I know. So, it's kind of weird. About it's, that? it's very similar to, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing though, is like when you have to, to realize the, the real tiebacks to disadvantaged and hunted races in our world like when you figure like when you figure what happened to the mandalorians after the 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 night of a thousand tears they all had to go underground there was no choice they were being hunted literally literally hunted the same thing's happening with the jedi same thing happened with black people in america in the 1800s uh with slavery which is why the underground railroad existed which is why watch out, watch out, Nick. If people are listening in in the South, they're not allowed to hear that anymore. Yeah, well, it might make yeah, them feel know, bad. Right? Is, is this okay? They can't teach that in schools I, anymore around here. I I don't want to get Ron DeSantis after Jesus. us, right? But I mean, like, it's the same thing. Like it, like if you if you look at the Mandalorian Creed, well, the the you know the Mandalorian Creed under the armor and stuff like that. You know, when your eyes are closed, you know, when you're covering your face and stuff like that, wearing a helmet all the way, the, the way is shown because now you have safety, you, you have the ability to have safety without showing yourself, which is right. like so paramount to people who are being hunted, who are being oppressed and everything like that. Like, yeah, when <laughs> it, it, it is a very poignant message that ties back to both real life and to other properties in yeah. Star Wars, namely the Mandalorian. Now, I, I don't know if you know, but has the path 
been explored in, in other canon or legends, possibly? I'm, like the idea of the Force Sensitive Underground Railroad? Not that I was aware of. I didn't read all of the... I mean, all of the prequel novels at the time or like the, the between novels. But here's the thing that happened in the old EU is they didn't really explore the era of post-Order 66 all that right, much. Because they, they, it wasn't really there yet, yeah. right? I mean, because Order 66 didn't come into canon until 2005. 2005. Exactly. So your first novels that were written post, you know, well, I mean, I guess you would say like like pre a new hope really didn't really didn't discuss that all that much. Like there was rise of the dark Lord, which brought up no mention of like an underground railroad or a path for safety for Jedi. Um, and then, and then there was another follow up after that. And it, there wasn't anything that was really akin to it. I think the most that we ever got that was like truly delved into post order 66 pre episode four content was like the force unleashed games. And in that one, you didn't really see like a like a way out for Jedi or like a path to safety for Jedi. It was just more like they were scattered across the galaxy. And that was when you kind of interacted with them. So and that was even pre Inquisitors. I mean, Inquisitors is all rebels thing. So, yeah, I I think you're right. So it's probably one of the first deals and and, and it's going to be a part of this show. I mean, clearly he's going to end up on this Jabim, which seems to be like the safe haven for these um, force sensitives. And if you listen closely, it's not just former Jedi. It's the new crops of children that yeah, are showing force, force sensitivity yeah. because if, if the empire finds them, they either conscript or kill. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, Tala and, and Quinlan and, and, and maybe, maybe even Haja is a part of this. I do think he is. I mean, that, that medallion he gives a Kenobi. I mean, he's the one that set up the meeting with Tala. Yeah, so exactly. he's clearly connected to this, this path movement. And I, I think we're going to get a lot, lot of that in episode four, maybe even a bit in episode five tones. I will give you credit. You were right. Those little things shooting out of fortress inquisitorious were indeed probe droids. Good call there. You beat me there. Uh, I still, I'm still going to say my track record, track record of speculation wins is at a champion level <laughs> compared to everyone else. But I, I, I can concede when others were correct. Uh, what else we got here, Matt? What happened to your face? Uh, my face has never been that that screen ready, but I have, as they say in the Adam Project, grown a mouth mullet. That okay. mustache honestly fits along perfectly now with Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> you you fit right. Oh yeah, dude. I did. I did get to that see movie's it fucking Sunday. awesome. <laughs> I mean, that, that's been the word from the, the the one thing. I, I guess you know. I don't want to sound like a douchebag, but. The fact that Fox News is latched onto it as like the first real American movie in years kind of drives me slightly I nuts. I didn't but even know that, but it's like, <laughs> oh, dude, it, it is a champion of the far right because they're like, this is finally Hollywood's given us a real American values movie. You know, it's like, all right, well, I mean, cool. it's a it's a it's just like the first one. The first one was a military propaganda film. And so is this one. I mean, like after the yeah, first it, it, movie. It, this one isn't really even like, yeah, let's go fight. It's like, look how fucking look how, rad yeah. it would be to be a fighter cool pilot, you know? <laughs> Navy, if, I don't know if you saw this, Navy um, recruitment went up 500% since that movie no came shit. out. No yeah. shit. Well, hey, but That's it the worked, same then, so. thing that happened when the first one came out. Navy recruitment went up 400% when, that mo- when the first one came out, so... 
still, it was a fucking fun movie. Taylor wants to see it again. It's the first movie I've ever seen with Taylor in a theater where she's like, we got to go see it again. I was like, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it was great. I mean, Tom, listen, th- this is no bullshit. This is legit. Tom Cruise is the most impressive actor, performer, movie maker of our lifetime. Challenge. Challenge me. Guy's been going for 40 years. Looks like he's 40 years old. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck goes on in Scientology, hey. but he's definitely cut a deal with some being that we don't know about and whatever. It works. <clears throat> he might be weird as fuck. Like, I, I don't know what it'd be like to sit in a room with Tom Cruise. It could be kind of scary, but the franchises the guys had has spanned decades. He does all his own stunts. He flies those fucking jets. He owns fucking jets. He, ju- he hangs on planes. He makes kick-ass action movies. I mean, <coughs> who's better? Yes. I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. His career dried up after he went into politics. I love Stallone. He looks like a bloated human growth hormone <laughs> experiment at this point in time. And, you know, you get a, you, you get a Rocky at 10 here or there, a Rambo 50 here or there. The Rock, sure, he's bankable as fuck, but where are his franchises? You know, yeah. where where's the bankable franchises? Tom Cruise, hands down, is the most impressive Hollywood everything in our lifetime, if not of all time. Think True. about it. Think about the, the money he generates and just what he does as a performer. He, he's no... All right, cut, bring in the stunt guy. This fucking crazy yeah. dude is in there. He will hold on to there. airplanes as they take off. He'll fucking speed down roadways and fucking on motorcycles and shit like that. No no care about his own. Yeah, no helmets, <laughs> nothing. Like that that's fucking him riding yeah. those bikes. He I've it's been explained to me like Tom Cruise is essentially just he either pays the productions like listen, here's your fucking insurance money. I'm doing whatever I want or to even get him, they have to agree to like, all right, our lead is could die. Yeah. Our lead actor could literally yeah. die making the movie, but that's how he wants to do it. So let's do it. Um, I recommend, I don't know. I think it's on, it might be on Paramount Plus if, you, if you're still subbing, Nick. There's a, he does a little thing with James Corden that it's kind of worth watching just because you see Tom Cruise literally flying fucking jets yeah. by himself. Like he is flying a jet. Not not just a prop plane, which he also flies. He's flying a fucking jet. All right. Um, yeah, one six shooter does not like Tom Cruise. Just like I, I get that. Like like I said, I mean he's he is someone that that wins all the time, and a lot of times those yeah. those and he's weird. Like trust it, me, like, when, the, the, the Scientology. Yeah, the Scientology angle makes me feel icky about him for sure because Scientology Correct. is a fucked up religion. But so is Catholicism. So I mean, yes. I, I, I'm a firm believer in religion has done nothing to help this world. I mean, if it helps oh, no, you, it's no good. if it helps you personally, that's it's, totally it's fine. But yeah, it is it, a it, level it's of control. Religion was created by those in power when there was no knowledge or reading or books to create, to control the masses. I was anointed by this thing in the sky. Listen to me or you will die. It's very simple, but this is not a theology podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah, the, the, everything with Tala was great. I, I actually, I, I, I think Indira is doing a kick-ass job. Um, we, we knew she was going to be a, a double agent, so that wasn't a surprise. But I, I, I like the type of character she is. I think Tala is going to be a nice addition to the the Star Wars canon in general. Does she make it out of this? Who knows? 
Uh, it looks like for the time being, her and Ned B will be hanging with Kenobi for the rest of the series. So lots of good stuff there. But really, w- what everyone took from this episode are our, our next few screenshots here if you're on the live stream. The arrival of the Dark Lord himself. Um, y- y- you know, you knew it was coming even before people started screaming because Obi-Wan's heart sank. I mean, he just went like, he could sense it. Like, uh-oh, Anakin's here. And then you hear the, ah, like people just see him and start fucking screaming. Yeah, and then once he hits Main Street and just he just starts indiscriminately force choking a dude out of his window and then neck snapping his son. And then that one lady, he just dragged yeah. for, for a few meters before he wiped her out. <laughs> Without even saying a word, he's flushing out his prey. I mean, yep. this was as cat and mouse as it gets. He was toying with him 100% from start to finish, from the time he arrived in that town to the time where he just kind of stood there and, and let him get rescued. He was fucking with him because he knew he could. He knew he, he's he got him in the mental game and the physical game right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Vader just calmly strolling through the street not even looking at his victims that's the best part like he doesn't even give them the satisfaction of looking in their eyes as he kills them tortures them he just you know it, it'd be like me looking straight ahead and going hey nick beer me yeah like, just, you know throw just, me a, throw me a drink pal i'm i'm doing something right now yeah exactly. <laughs> i don't need to it, it, i don't need to look at it yeah um it's like but throwing it, it was, away a um, piece of garbage. You just ball exactly. it up and you toss it in the can. You don't even look at it. Like you said, it, like this stuff affects him. None at all. Like yeah, not at all. Not, like nothing. none of this affects him. This is he. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's he's stirring up the fear, stirring up the pain to make himself more focused and strong, but also to weaken. Obi-Wan and eventually flush him out because hell Vader didn't even get to where they were staying before Obi-Wan's like all right fuck it you, you gotta go like I, I'm giving up my duty protecting Leia you gotta go yeah. like if you're around me this guy is he, he's he found me like he doesn't even have to see me he knows exactly where I'm gonna be at all times and you know then they get into the mine area and you are getting that chase and you are getting the taunts from Vader um, some of his best battle taunts yet. And notice he doesn't run. He doesn't jog. He's just plodding along, like chasing it, the mouse from one corner to the next. Yeah, like Jason, like I was saying, it's, it's like a Jason effect from, yeah. from, yeah. it doesn't matter where you go, how fast you run, he will catch you somehow, some way. Right. I do think, you know, that the chase gets a little weird when they're shooting it in the volume because they, they do just kind of move the camera around circles. and he pops out from another side yeah. of, the, of the arena. <laughs> but whatever, like I said, I don't I don't watch Star Wars to critique the technical aspect of it. Same thing with the with the Vespas and Boba. Like, yeah, OK, they look weird, but I'm not going to let that take me out of the moment. I mean, I was sitting here listening intently to Anakin Skywalker just mind fuck his former brother. I mean, it was fantastic. You know, the line might, you know, what have they done to you, Anakin? And his reply again, blaming Obi-Wan. This is your fault. I'm like this because of you. And you know what? He's partly right. 
I mean, Obi-Wan, as Vader said, you, you should have killed me when you had the chance. And that, that that's probably no, there's no more true statement yeah. in all of Star Wars than that. Yeah, uh, it's definitely partially Obi-Wan's fault. I mean, yeah. even as a best friend, you don't just cut somebody's legs off and then leave them there. It's like let them burn. Like he, he was watching him cook. Yeah, it's like, like dude, even even like lobsters, you stab them in the head before you boil them. Like you just put them out of their misery. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah that's a good point. That's a very good you point. You know, like he couldn't even take the five <sighs> seconds to just cut his fucking head off. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it was one of those things. It was one of those inevitable moments. Like it was one of those moments where like, as soon as you saw Vader, you knew that regardless of what Obi-Wan could do, he was going to encounter him. Like there were, yeah, they yeah. were going to come to blows. And, and he would have no chance yeah. in the encounter. I mean, I mean, I think it's fair to say if Vader wanted to, he could have snuffed out Kenobi oh, yeah. 10, 10 years after revenge of the Sith. I mean, he, he had multiple chances here to kill him. And he was just playing but as with he him. said, he's like, yeah, he, you know, as he says, when when he, you know, I'll, I'll pull up the shot here when he finally, there were some great shots. I, hey, whatever, like stills and the lighting. I, I think they did a fantastic job. But when he when he's finally had enough of beating him with his lightsaber, and he just starts force choking his ass, and you know, he he tells him straight up, "Now you will suffer, Obi One." All right, so he he knows what he's doing. I mean, he could have just broke his neck right there too. Um, and then he decides like, Hey, you want to, you want to, you want to see what it feels like to, to hang out and fire? Well, here we go. Yeah. It's well, like, let's here. try I'll it out. Drag so, your I rest. love when it, well, yeah, he, he rushes in that. That's the, that's the most intensity Vader move with when, when he moved in and, and it's like two moves. He pulls down that cauldron of that flammable shit and then just whoop, yeah, chokes him out and is holding him there. And he starts to taunt him. Then when he's dragging him through the flames, um, your pain has just begun. Like he, he doesn't want to kill Kenobi. He wants to make Obi-Wan feel like he did on the banks of Mustafar. Yeah. Yeah. And after he, he wants him to burn and suffer and be miserable. And, um, you could argue that's what ultimately allowed Obi-Wan to get away was, was Vader's toying with him. Oh yeah. But Vader didn't care. I mean, again, he, he could have stopped all that. Hell, he's the one that put the flames out in the first place and pushed Obi-Wan further away towards Ned. Uh, you know, but I think he was, Vader was almost caught in the moment of, yeah. I'm finally realizing what I've been dreaming for 10 years. And, you know, maybe he he let that kind of kind of take over a bit to lose his prey. But what a moment. I mean, everything from seeing Obi-Wan burned like his former apprentice to Vader, like Nick perfectly said early on the cast, just sitting there emotionless. The guy just terrorized the town, found his old master that he hates, choked him out, dragged him through fire. He got away and he's just fucking standing there like, you know, he's sitting around the campfire getting ready to roast some marshmallows. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just like, hey, whatever. It's like, I'll just get, I'll get him again. Vader. Yeah, I'll get him again. It's like, that. yeah, he's just, He's sitting there, you know, that, that was kind of fun. I want to do that yeah. again. So yeah, I'll just, I'll let him go. See ya. Dude, I mean, Let's keep playing this game. It's wild. Cause if it was, I mean, you saw, just look at, I mean, like, again, going back to the end of rots, like you saw Lord Vader, quote unquote, like Anakin pre pre suit, like how he was in the face of his supposed betrayer, it, you know, it, at the face of Obi-Wan before they started their battle on Mustafar, he was, he had a lot to say. 
and he was not going to mm-hmm. let Obi-Wan stop him from saying his piece before the fight ensued. This time he had, he didn't need words. He was like, I don't need to tell you. I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to tell you how I feel right. or anything like that. I will make you feel how I feel. And I mean, he kindly answered any yeah. question Obi-Wan asked him, but outside of that, he, he was, you know, just playing with a rag doll yeah. mostly. Yeah. I mean, it was I mean, just wild. He OP'd him. Yeah. Um, tones all dress that. Uh, I've heard this too. A lot of people are like, how'd Reva get in front of Leia? Well, if you, if you look closely, tunnel split. Reva's exploring that back room. And when she sees the tunnel system, there's literally a look that on her face, like I know where she's going. So she, instead of going through all these secret tunnels, she probably just took the direct route to the landing platform. Yeah. Like there was also a lot of people were thinking like she was already in the tunnels chasing Leia. No, no she no. never entered the tunnel. She just realized like, oh shit, they went this way. They're probably looking to egress. The egress point is going to be at a port. I'm just going to cut them off at the pass. Yeah, that's that, that's I mean, I, that that's what I look at. Again, I don't quite focus on that type of stuff because it doesn't it, it ultimately matter. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you knew you knew once they separated that Leia was going to get captured. Yeah. I so mean, you, you, it's going to happen. Yeah, you knew that from the from the. I mean, you basically knew that from the trailer. Like whenever they showed, like there's still stuff from the trailer that we haven't seen yet. Like the battle that's going to that take right. place I, on I, the. Im- I was wrong on that. Yeah, because yeah, remember the the fight in the hangar on the on, Inquisitor on, um, base Fortress or whatever. It is. Yeah. Do you think that's Camino? No, it's Nur. It's, it's Nur. They, it's a, they it's, named it. It is Nur. a defined planet. It, it actually was featured in Jedi Fallen Order. Just goes to show how much we paid attention to that game. So I can't remember it. I can't remember Nur. Yeah, I mean the the fortress itself literally is is in Fallen Order. Okay, That's yeah. what, there was like that. a lot of a lot of those fans when they saw it in Kenobi, like yeah, Nur and, and the Inquisitoria is sweet. So yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, there you go. I mean, a, a great episode. And, and what do we think is going to happen tomorrow? Well, we got to pick up right where I think we left off. I mean, how, how they get Kenobi away from the Empire because they were literally separated by say, flames. You're still on Mapuzo, <laughs> which is under complete and utter lockdown. Lockdown. Like, right. <laughs> so I don't know if they're going to just switch to the point to where he's already gone because that is going to be a pretty hard thing to do is just get off the planet unless they just choose to leave him unless they're just like whatever just go we got leia let him come to us because they know at that point they know like he's gotta come like we have him i I think i think that that's a i think that's a good speculation i do um it's either that or since tala was the one in contact with the pilot she probably knew where the The ship ship was was. and how to get out and they just go there on their own now and, yeah. and she or Ned pilots them out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to have to see Kenobi get healed. And that, that was not just a, a flesh wound as they say in Monty Python. I mean, he's fucked. Like he, he's going to have to spend some time in the back to tank, just like Anakin does not as much time, uh, but he's, he's definitely going to have to get in a tank. And yeah. thankfully for those that get concerned about Canon, they did not burn his beautiful face because yeah. you, you couldn't quite explain that when we see Alec Guinness and he looks completely fine and unburned. It's all stuff that'll be covered in Alec's tunic. So all on his no like, worries shoulder there. arm area. Right. For sure. I mean, I know Bacta can do wonders, but but look at Vader. It can't it can't fix can't. <laughs> that burnt of flesh. Yeah. So. There's a there's a point of, of disrepair where it can't. You, all yeah, you can do is somehow, just really 
keep it hydrated. Somehow Boba Fett got that that primo bacta because yeah. he, he was somehow was able to undo his his his, his skin entire, burns from the Sarlacc. Yeah, the, the <laughs> yeah, entire he, fucking skin scarring from all the acid on yeah, his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, no, he he found that that secret sauce, yeah. the the mega bacta. Yeah. It had like uh, bantages in it or something yeah, they, that, they, that goes the extra step to heal you so, but um i mean uh we'll, we'll probably see where leia ends up more than likely she's going to get taken back to the fortress which is probably going to be why we see that firefight in the hangar eventually um you know maybe we we finally get to see jabim you would think that they would be taking kenobi to jabim now that he's wounded and needs to heal and rest and to be around other uh, rebels, resistance types, and possibly even force users, right? Because that's where they are. They're, they're t- it sounds like they're taking everyone to this Jabim place. Uh, but with that being said, if, if Kenobi does have to go down and we're not going to see speaking Ewan, that does open up for uh, some potential flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I can't remember from the leaks if it was... If this was the fight where Obi-Wan kind of realizes like, all right, I, I can't face this guy. I need to I need to figure myself out and how to confront Anakin as Vader now where, you know, we heard the rumor that we are going to get a flashback to right after Attack of the Clones between Anakin and Obi-Wan sparring. And, and the sparring is going to kind of be the light bulb moment for Kenobi like that's That's the weakness. I remember Yes, this is how he fights in these moments, in these situations, and, and that's going to help me. Uh, so I, I, I do think we're, we're due at least one more flashback, if not two, because I, I really believe there is going to be some Reva explanation, if anything, through dialogue. But, but they do kind of have to explain how she knows Anakin is Vader and why she fucking hates Kenobi so much. Is it simply Vader saying, hey, if you get me him... You are the boss now. It, it, has she fallen that far to the dark side that she cares about that shit? Or is it more personal, like a, a, a feeling of ultimate betrayal? Like, yeah. why did you leave us? It seems odd that she is the one that is in direct contact with Vader. Even before the the Grand Inquisitor was gut stabbed, it seemed like she had a direct line for some reason. So... There, I still do think that there is a direct connection between Reva and, um, well, one, Reva and Anakin, Anakin as a Jedi, and then maybe um, her knowing that he was Vader from the start, like you mentioned in the beginning of the breakdown. And then two, um, I think that relation, even if there isn't a relationship directly between Reva and Kenobi, um, I think the relationship between Anakin and Reva is enough for her to feel this strongly yeah, feed, about Kenobi. Feeding off his hate for him. Yeah. yeah. Cause she even says some of the same things in episode two, like you can't run from him. Yeah. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah! You know, like that. So, um, yeah. I, so I, I'd say at least guaranteed one flashback. It's going to happen. You can take that to the bank. Yeah. It was leaked. This is not our leak. Our leak has already been paid off. We saw the first fight. We know there's still going to be a final one. So yeah. we win. Everyone clap for us. Yay. Also, trophies <laughs> can be sent to Columbus, Ohio. One other thing before we close it out. If you're a Sith or an Inquisitor in this situation, and I'm talking about the end of episode two, you stab somebody in the gut. Why not just take the sword up and just cut them in half? 
Like it doesn't take yeah, that much effort. <laughs> like, like it, it literally cuts through flesh like like nothing. Why not just I fucking know. like instead of being like stab? Oh yeah, fucking you're dead. I stabbed you in the gut. Just like cut this motherfucker in half. Like just literally. Well, like in a that zipper. case, Nick, it was called <laughs> preserving the cannon. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. that's why she couldn't do it. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? I mean, you bring up interesting points here if you think about it. What we're seeing between the fifth brother and, and Reva and, and the Grand Inquisitor before he, you know, he's taking his little break. It just you see why Sith can't or I know they're not Sith, but you see why dark side users can't operate in large numbers. They can't, I mean, yeah. all, all three of them, the only one like the four sister is so far the only one that's not trying to one up the others and get favor with Vader. They're all trying to like, hey, daddy Vader, look at me. Look at me. Look what I did. Look what I did. You know, the fifth yeah. brother. It's my turn. It's they're all a bunch of shitheads, man. Yeah. That's, I mean, force that's why, you know, Bane, Bane had to do what he had yeah. to do because the, you, the dark side motherfuckers out there just can't cohabitate you, you can't with like minded individuals sit in a room together without just like arguments happening. But yeah, the fourth sister is like, yeah, that's fine. Like y'all can go. You can both fight to be the Grand Inquisitor because that's not some shit that I want to deal with. It's like, do you really want to have to fuck with Vader face to face every day? Because I don't like that's not on right. my to do list. So. so it's been it's been entertaining just seeing how they interact with each other. They're, 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 I don't think any of the Inquisitors would come to the aid of another Inquisitor outside of what was that? Eighth brother and seventh sister and, and rebels. They seem to kind of fight as a pair yeah. against maul uh ezra and kanan uh, but yeah the, these early ones are a bunch of fucking self-righteous ambitious assholes oh yeah you know? <laughs> like oh, yeah. what 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 awful things can i do to win favor here um adrian in the chat I, i'm with you i mentioned that earlier that you know she also could be upset seeing the broadcasts of him essentially saying all hope is lost any remaining jedi do not come back to the temple yes yeah, and like, she could see that as, like, oh, as a betrayal moment yeah, yeah, that could definitely happen. Uh, but it, 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 it almost sounds like they find her like out and about uh, on the street. You know how they were, he, he was calling her like a sewer rat? Like, yo, when we found you, you sewer yeah. rat and you scumbag. And so there's a chance she does get out of the temple and hid and then, for a time before yeah. they, they did find she her. She just so. wasn't as old as Cal or like wasn't right. as like, you know, up to what's happening on like with Cal. So. Yeah, it, it does seem like after the initial Order 66 purge of the temple that they did try to at least conscript Force users. And if they came along, they became Inquisitors. If they didn't, they got, they got killed. Yeah. Versus where, you know, the way it was presented in uh, Revenge of the Sith, it was if you were at the temple, you fucking died. If you were on the battlefield, you died. Yeah. Like there was no no sparing of of anyone so uh, she clearly gets out it's just when when do they find her do they find her on the streets do they find her hiding in the temple did she literally see obi-wan and yoda come back and she's sitting there like help i'm, I'm down here in this yeah. fucking crack help me out motherfuckers and they're just like we gotta get the hell out of here you kill him you kill him see you later yeah, we'll meet we, you back we, at we the tanti four bounce yeah <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. Hopefully, uh, uh, I, I do feel like we're going to get an explanation for that soon. Yeah, but it's just, you know, again, f fans in quotes that I don't know. It's like, what what shows do you watch? Because you seem to be watching different things than me. It seems most things are kind of there. And if you have been following the universe, the dots aren't that hard to connect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just like Trevor's saying, like the whole... 
Trevor, it's just it's one of these deals. Like the reason we keep talking about because it, 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 you know if you're exposed to a lot of the lunacy of the fandom, like I am. I mean, there are people out there like wanting to burn Disney down again because Reva knows Anakin's Vader. So that that's kind of why we're putting focus on. I know most normal people are like, yeah, you know, it'll make sense in the end. Like it's nothing to get your your fucking panties in a bunch over. All right, so uh, episode four dropping tomorrow, or if you're listening to the audio only, it's 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 Kenobi it's day. Uh, you're for damn sure. I'm, I'm probably gonna. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess those of you that have tried checking out the shorts versus my longer form breakdowns of Star Wars shows, I'm I'm kind of I'm at a conundrum point right here. Is like, do I for episode four do i do i do a deeper dive traditional youtube video do i stick to the short ones or do i do a mix of both like a just do a long form for something that fans may be searching for but then do the short stuff for like the quick hits who knows i'm sure i'll stress about it and i'll waste half my life tomorrow but you're you will have content in some form or fashion on the star wars time show youtube channel tomorrow june 8th for obi-wan kenobi Part one V. That's four for those of you that don't mm-hmm. understand Roman, Roman numerals. <laughs> okay, dude. So um, moving on. We're, this is something new here. Instead of doing posts on the website for certain news topics, I've just started. If I have you know 10, 15 minutes, I'll do short form content, and it seems to pay off. But um, this is a rumor that well, it wasn't necessarily a rumor. It's turned into a rumor, but now MSW is reporting some stuff that is probably legit, and I'm talking about season two of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, and in an official interview, Ewan McGregor's like, fuck yeah, let, let's do it. You know, if it, if, if it makes sense, let's do it. And uh, recently, I think over the weekend, Making Star Wars came out with a report that has officially, that he's saying he's been told that Kenobi season two is on. And it's so on, it sounds like they may be changing parts of the ending of season one. Wow. And again, I, I know, you know, we, we talk shit about pooflingers left and right. There, there are some that are just garbage, in my opinion, and just, you know, chase clout and put things behind paywalls and are ass wipes. But uh, Megan Star Wars, he gets a shit and it is almost always right. I mean, so far, he's pretty much laid out the entire Kenobi series, at least as far as I was willing to read it. So if he's saying that Kenobi season two is a thing, I'm, I'm leaning towards it is going to be a thing. And he was also saying some of the stuff that was supposed to happen at the end with certain characters may not happen now to account for season two. I, I guarantee I, you that they filmed probably three different endings for this show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they like, they you, knew you would, you would yeah, you, you would hope at this point they have some foresight with this stuff, right, Nick? Like, yeah. this, this could hit big like Mando. It could fizzle like Boba, but we got to prepare. Like, we technically have a story in mind for season two, but if we if the fans don't like it, then fuck it. We'll run. We'll just close yeah. it out in season one. Run that ending. Yeah. If we're feeling the positive vibes and it, and it was the most watched streaming show, I believe, ever then they're probably like, all right, let's let's roll in the the backup plan, the 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 season two green light plan. Uh, so it, I, I don't think it didn't sound like they're, they're going to have to go do any reshoots or anything to account for this. Clearly, they couldn't. The show's in the fucking can, like Nick said. I mean, they, they couldn't just be like, oh, shit, people like it. Hey, Ewan, 
Moses, the rest of you, run down here to L.A. real quick. We're going to shoot a quick scene and just somehow jam it into the pipeline. No, um, that, that stuff is, is, is done. So uh, I, I don't want to get into, you know, who, who or may not be being kept, but, you know, think about it. Think about some of the characters introduced in, in this uh, first go around the Kenobi and, and how they could impact a second season if it is true. But I am inclined to believe it is in uh, I, I, I'm okay with it. So far, they've shown me that they can tell a Kenobi story that is engaging, world-building, lore-deepening, and Vader ass-kicking. And as long as it doesn't butt into other existing canon, I, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like I, I, I truly think everything so far that they've done only enhances what was given to us in the original trilogy with the Skywalker twins, quotes from Vader, uh, speeches from Obi-Wan. I, I, I think in the end, it's only going to be enhanced. Yeah. I mean, given, given the nature of what we know about the original trilogy, which was basically that, like, regardless of what happens between three and four, like, you can say whatever bullshit you want to say that they're going to ruin canon regardless of what happens between season three and four. We know that nobody knows that Luke is on fucking tattooing. Like we know it, we know that so they can do whatever they want in between those two time periods. As long as Kenobi's on tattooing before episode four starts like that, that is just the reality yeah. of the fact of it. Like nobody knows he's there. Fucking Vader didn't know he's there. And Vader was from tattooing. Like, he did so so like as long as you maintain the continuity between like the fact that old Ben eventually buys or comes into a house in the you know in the wastes, then it's fine. Like, you know Yeah, it's just I don't know. It, you know, we're 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 somewhat sane. You <laughs> much more so than myself, but I I I trust these people. And one of them's Dave Filoni. Yes, he he doesn't have a direct hand in this, but has everyone seen his message at the end of every every episode? Special thanks to Dave Filoni. He's there to ensure the canon remains what it needs to be. That's all I need. I I in Filoni I trust. Okay, I trust the Chow. You know, I for for some parts I trust KK. You know, don't throw tomatoes at me, but she's guiding this ship. She's been guiding a lot of Lucas Spielberg properties her whole life. So yep. if those guys are down with her, I think she probably does something right. Even though, you know, though you, we can definitely question the decisions with the sequel trilogy, 100%. But you got to lump in Bob Iger and all, a lot of the other decision makers there, too. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I would take after seeing what we've seen so far at the halfway point, Kenobi season two, if this is indeed legit bring it on. Uh, I think it's only going to enhance and and I'm down with that. Just like Andor is only going to enhance, uh, you know, rebels content and rogue one content. It all works out. It's that interconnected universe that Filoni talks about all the time. And that's what we are living through right now. Better than George did himself. You know, a lot of people you're getting angry at Disney. George Lucas was the first one to ruin his own canon. Okay. I mean, he wrote star Wars and that was it. It's not like he had empire. I mean, hell, he had fucking siblings making out and there was like a legit love triangle between Luke, Leia, and Han. I mean, it plays all the way through Return of the Jedi. Han Solo literally until Leia says, you dummy, he's my, he's my brother. brother. Like Han's literally re ready to say, to, uh, okay, you can have Luke. You guys get married and shit. So 
I mean, come on. I mean, half the stuff Obi-Wan says in A New Hope now becomes from a certain point of view because of what happened in the prequels. And that was all from the guy, the maker. So just, it's okay. It's okay. His son is there ensuring things will stay intact. If not, be enhanced. All right. Next little quick one here. We got a rumor again from MSW, backed up by Bespin Bulletin, that uh, the live-action Darth Vader team, and it is a team. I mean, it's that Tom guy, Hayden, and some other guy. There's and another one. There's too. even like a there's even a, a a a movement expert for Vader. So it's a true squad to bring him to life. But uh, apparently, that team has been activated for another live-action property. And if you think about, okay, well, what's on the horizon? Uh, okay, Ahsoka, Vader and Ahsoka. Well, Good. it depends. If you did, if you did a flashback, yeah. it works. If you don't, it doesn't work. Uh, but how? Why, why would you do a flashback? Would you just rehash what was shown in Rebels, where their their battle? Maybe, maybe she's having a, a night tear, and that's where we see her, where she finally realizes that, oh my God, this guy is my former master. Uh, I I kind of threw out there. What about Andor season two? I mean, he's clearly viable yeah, for that. He's definitely timeline. available. He's definitely available um, for that. You know, maybe hell. I, I know this is a fucking a dream of all of ours, but what if they're finally ready to do it? And he's getting a, a little mini series, getting his own. Um, yeah. Six episode. Spot. But, you know, more than likely, just because we know, wink, wink, Hayden is attached to Ahsoka. That may make sense via a flashback and flashback only. Yeah, uh, but you know there there's other properties that have not been shot yet that that he would be viable for. Yeah, and, and really the the dream would be his own. But I I, I don't know. I I think they're they're like averse to that type. Of, it just I, I don't get it because they they had to have seen even the negative fans after episode three at least the those final moments. You know they 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 popped their fan chub. So someone at Lucasfilm has to see that like Vader equals awesome yeah awesome equals viewers viewers equals yeah. cash and i think that like sacred cows are starting to kind of die out now in lucasfilm's mind um especially after the inclusion of luke in book because like luke being at the end of fucking mando s2 was like oh my god i can't believe they did it. i can't believe they actually put luke skywalker oh, yeah. in something and then now, like, he's been in book. Now Obi-Wan's got his own series. Now Ahsoka's getting their own series. Like, all of these sacred cows that were like, we can't really fucking touch these because people are going to freak out. Like, they've, they've all started to kind of fall away once they realize that, like, if you do it well, people are going to enjoy it. And, like, for the most part, like, the people who are watching it are enjoying it. And there's like a lot of, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of like dumbass racist motherfuckers out there who watch star Wars that we just, that just outed themselves recently. But like in general, people enjoy seeing these, these tentpole characters focused on more, more critically and like ha having a lens, like put more, um, more light on their, their story. So I think that like, after seeing the reception to this show, I think that a Vader show is probably, if not greenlit, like being seriously talked about. Yeah, they're finally at least talking about it. All right, I can, I can take solace yeah. with that. Uh, Ju uh, the Tone, Jude Law Tone, show. You are correct. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Mando timeline. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they did announce. Did they announce the 
I know we got Tales of the Jedi, and that sounds great. It's essentially like a an it's addendum like an, to the Clone Wars. Yeah, an anthology um, series. That's gonna but be. didn't they announce? Isn't there another one that's like going to be High Republic set that isn't the Acolyte? And I like I said, I'm a little woozy after two weeks at the beach and drinking most days. But um, I, I thought there was going to be another, either like a cartoon or something set High Republicy. Oh well, who cares? But yeah, um, Skeleton Crew is definitely Mando timeline with Jude Law. Yeah. Okay. So, um, hey, you know us at the at, at the SWTS, we would take as much Vader as you can give us. So it'd be great if it's his own series, but more than likely, it's probably going to be one of the ones that are uh, upcoming, as it was reported. And please, if you're going to comment on my content, at least make sure they're intelligent. <laughs> I, I had someone reply to this like. Yeah, he's, he's in Kenobi shaking my fucking head. I'm like, all right, what? you're stupid. So I'll just move on. Well, it, it, it's probably one of these people that literally, even even in a short, like th- this might be 40 seconds long, just looked at the first slide that says, new rumors suggest live action Vader to appear in an upcoming series. And was like, oh, this guy's an idiot. It's it's Kenobi. It's like asshole. Dummy. That's he's not like, upcoming. It's out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now you understand why I can't stand humans. I was just like, are you fucking for real? And someone else said, I think this was stolen. I'm like, what do you mean stolen? It's like stolen, stolen from who? I reported on someone. I reported on someone's leak. And unlike anyone else in this fucking fandom that does content, I actually gave them credit. So I mean, it, it, people can't even get through fucking 30 seconds worth of shit anymore. It's like title, mind made up, bleh, comment. I mean, that, that's what it is. It's fucking idiots stolen. I literally say via MSW corroborated by Bestman Bulletin. Do you think those motherfuckers would ever give us a shout out? No. I'm a good guy. I might be a little fucking angry, but I know how the journalist shit. Stolen dummies. <laughs> All right, here's another one I did on a short. Like I said, you guys, you, all of you have been missing out on these shorts if you're not you know, subscribed to the YouTube channel. So if you're new here, go ahead and do that right now while I'm reminding you. Just, just scroll down a little bit, sub, turn on notifications. Uh, I try to do shorts at least every other day or day if there's something to talk about. But uh, this one came out last week or over the weekend that this actress named Shakira Barrera is rumored to be cast in a live-action Ahsoka series. And I was like, well, let's guess who she could be playing. And if you're on the live stream, she definitely has a a, a Latin feel. Is that safe to say, Nick? Yeah, I mean, she... Like I think Latina, she, I think she is, you know? I think she is Latina. I looked her up before. I think she is a. a yeah, I mean a, the the, na- the name speaks to it. So Barrera, I mean that that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty uh, uh, Latina or Latino. Nicaraguan American. So yeah, there her, you go. So yeah, yeah. South South America. All right. So with that in tow, you know, I don't, I don't want to just, you know, kind of judge a book by its cover. But to me, if you're on the live stream and you're and you're checking her out right now. And we're talking live-action Ahsoka. Could she be one of the Martez sisters, either Trace or Rafa? Uh, I mean, you got to think that they had a, a three-series arc together. There was a bond, bond formed between them all, growth between her and Rafa and their contentious relationship. Then the Bad Batch showed us already that the Martez sisters are following in Ahsoka's footsteps and they are helping with the early resistance movement. I hope everyone remembers that episode. 
The Bad Batch runs into the Martez sisters at that plant who were trying to steal that droid brain. In the end, we, we learned it was for Rex and Ahsoka's movement that they're doing. So the fact that even through after the fall of the Republic into the Bad Batch timeline, the Martez sisters are still working with Ahsoka. I don't think it's a big ask or stretch that a Martez sister would show up in the Ahsoka series timeline. Yeah. That they have that bond. That relationship is established. Yeah. I would, if, if I had to guess, I would say trace because I mean, it depends more friends. Yeah. Trace and Ahsoka were like the friends where Rafa was the older sister. Yeah. Rafa was like the older sister who was already like, if you, if you pull, if you really do kind of pull out, to where this show is going to end up falling in a timeline. She may be a little too young to play Rafa because Rafa was already older than Trace. Um, but yeah, like true, like you mentioned too, like th- those were the two Trace and, and Oka who were actually like friendly. Yeah, I mean, they, they would have put on, what are we talking about? 20, easily 20 plus years from when we saw them in the, at the end of the Clone Wars. Yeah, and like... Right? Yeah, yeah. If we're if we're working Easy. in Mando timeline for sure, twenty like twenty, what, which is seven after years. Jedi, so, so it's like twenty six yeah. years or something like that. Easily, yeah, easily. Yeah. But, easily. And then like if you look if you look her up, she's only thirty two years old, so she's still relatively young. But I mean, it like it just depends on it, how it you play work. it. Yeah, it, it, can work. it can work. I mean, it's not. I mean, Ahsoka's a fucking uh, Tegruta, so we don't we don't know how they age. Yeah. But I mean, she she doesn't really look like an old hag in no. in the live action timeline. So, um, but hell, I mean, Ahsoka would, would she would still she would be like Boba Fett's age, so in her very late thirties or early forties, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, she wasn't that much younger than even Anakin. That I think that's another fun thing to think about, like. We're seeing 32-year-old Anakin and just like how fucking zombie-like and angry he is. Like, just think about that dude's life. Starts as a slave, gets conscripted into the Jedi with the hopes of being the chosen one, fucks it all up, kills his wife, loses everything, including his body parts. Yeah, including most of <laughs> he his does, he does. He does all, Nick, he did, he did all that by like 22. I know, right? <laughs> like, what a fucking... <laughs> He completely torched his life yeah. because of his fucking ego and, and his inability to just trust in the force in the Jedi way. Yeah. I mean, his his son was, was very similar, but Luke had the ability to not go over the edge. You remember Luke, just like his dad, you know, his dad was sitting there like he, he thought at first, like, yeah, I shouldn't chop off Dooku's head. It's not right. And then he, his, his puppet master was like, do it. And he does it. Yeah. <laughs> Luke wouldn't have, Luke would have never done that. He may have thought about it like his dad did, but he would have stopped just like he stopped not only for, not only in trying to kill his dad, but he also stops in the future when he thought he needed to kill his nephew. Luke has that ability to pull back from the Skywalker kind of, foresight where they they know the future and they think they can prevent it but luke unlike anakin can actually stop himself from trying to control the future where that's why anakin failed he tried to control the future took the easy way out and look where it left his life by 32 he's a husk of a of his former self and he's literally horrendous like he's a a horrific being in the galaxy (laughs) he is the anti he's the ant uh, i don't even want to try to say it he is the antithesis exact opposite yeah there you go (laughs) thank you of what 
his fate was described to him by Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. It's the complete opposite. All right. So, Shakir Barrera, possibly a Martez sister. That's at least the Star Wars time show's guess. So, let's see if it's going to be taken to the bank or not. All right, last little short former here, and this is, there is, I guess there's some interesting things to talk about here, but over the weekend, someone was on their Disney Plus app, and you know how you get those banners that scroll across, and the Bad Batch one came through, and on it, it literally had the actual date. You know, at Celebration, they just said Fall 22, but, uh, you know, a user was out there checking things out, and they captured the screen, which says Bad Batch Season 2, releasing September 28th. Yeah, I actually did some journalizing, journalizing as they call it. Yeah, journalizing, and I I went and and researched it. Sure enough, I found the video of a guy logging into his app live and scrolling through. So it was there at some point in time. I know it's been pulled. But Nick, the interesting thing about this is not that yay we're getting Bad Batch September twenty eighth. It's going to directly air during Andor's run. Because Andor kicks off August 31st. Yeah. Andor is not going to be done by September 28th. It's so. So it's interesting. Do you think, do you think like an intern fucked up and, and put the wrong month? Or are they going to try a, a dual release schedule for Star Wars content? I think they may have to. Given how long the run of Bad Batch is going to be. Because Bad Batch is probably going to be, what, twelve a 12-week run, you would imagine? Oh, dude, I, I believe season it, one, I think, was 16. So if they go back season to... season one was 16 episodes. Yeah, so if they go back to 16, it's a four-month run. So then you have to choose when is... What series crossover is more appropriate? Like, do you cross over with um, Andor, or do you cross over with Ahsoka? Like, that's where you kind of... Well, I mean... If you think about it, Bad Batch, I mean, it definitely from the trailer, which I thought was great, but you could tell time has passed. Yeah. So in my head, Bad Batch and Andor are kind of inhabiting the same that's timeline exactly. at this point in time. That's So like, that's my thought is that if you're going to cross over with something, it makes the most sense to cross over with Andor because you're working within the same confines of time. So... You know, you and I, we, we've talked about this a lot. We're like, Disney was, is never going to piss on their own stuff and, and kind of make viewers decide between Star Wars content. If, if this is legit, which, you know, this is all official stuff. I'm not just making it up. Mm-hmm. Like I said, maybe they typed the wrong month and it's actually October or November, but who knows. But if they do release, not simultaneously, but at some point they will be running concurrently, do they do the double drop on Wednesday or do they maybe save Bad Batch for Fridays since it's like a, you know, a cartoon? Yeah, that's an interesting question. If it were me, I would do a split release where it's like yeah. one on Wednesday, one on Friday. Because um, then you're you're essentially I'm with you. doubling your eyes. But here's what they have, what people like people may not think about is like they they now have enough data to tell what the crossover percentage is between live action viewers and animated viewers. So they can literally see like, okay, um, if, if you're taking your whole pie as like the Kenobi audience, cause that that's the most ever, um, you can see like, okay, 
we can expect a 40% crossover rate between live action views and animated views. Cause we already know that the animated series get less views. So they'll probably end up doing it in a way where it's like, that's probably why they feel comfortable doing a live action and an animated uh, at the same almost time. Almost like they may, they may pull some people from live action and vice versa try between to, the two. Yeah. To try yeah. to like migrate the live action fans over to animated because especially I mean, you between are, you are the the social marketing guru yeah. so <laughs> so like that's that is like what their ultimate goal is is to try to say like hey all of you people who are watching this fucking awesome live action series that's happening over here guess what they have really awesome shit happening over here too in animated land and the way that we're going to show you that is we're going to release these two shows at the same time or that will like be released at the same on the same schedule that play with each other like these characters mm-hmm. that you see over here in Andor may pop up over here in Bad Batch. So if you watch right. both, and, and, and I, not necessarily like identical years, yeah. it could be they run into a younger Mon Mothma. Exactly. They run into a. I don't think they're going to run into a younger Cassian, no, but no. some other side players you may see in Andor. Exactly. Like you can but watch. They are one of them to give context to the other. Correct. Yeah. Because they are, they are, they are going to be dealing with the, you know, Bad Batch. They make it pretty clear, like some of the some of the other clones, Rex, is, and others are like, listen, fuckers. Yeah, you, you might think you're free now, but none of us are free under this empire. We have to fight back, and, and that's that's the gist of of Andor and and what that story is going to tell too. Yeah. Hey, real quick, we're not going to obviously break it down, but what do you think of that Andor trailer? It, it, it was kind of unique looking for it was star wars but it it wasn't star warsy does that make sense that, yeah that that yeah that was kind of my take on it is like this is this this is a star wars show that's least like anything that we've seen in star wars before where it's like yeah. where where it really kind of is like a it's like a spy slash like like dark Dark as fuck. Yeah, like I dark, mean, dark. Like, I know Star Wars in general is is pretty dark. The prequels are probably the lightest until the end. Yeah. But Andor seems like it's it's just going for full on Debbie Downer. Yeah. And, and I I live in that world, so I'm excited. Like I, I like Doom and Gloom. I'm really interested in it, and I do think that this is kind of the biggest departure that we've seen from what's been made so far by Disney. And I'm a yeah, I'm I'm excited for. It. I'm I'm actually really excited for it. Because I think that this yeah, is going to... Big, big Tony Gilroy is probably going to get another win and his dick's going to grow 10 inches. Oh my inches, God, this right? motherfucker. Yeah. I told you all, I am the best yeah, Star Wars like, everything. It's I'm like better you than guys George Lucas. thought that you knew what Star Wars was and I came in here <laughs> not knowing anything and proved you all wrong. Hey, dude, he's still kind of he doing had. interviews like that. Like, I, I, I believe he did one recently like saying like, yeah. I'm the best still. Yeah, like he, just wait. <laughs> just wait till you see what we do here. He has that ego. But I do oh, think man. that like for a show that has the potential to span a huge length of time, um, it, it, it has the potential to be something that we've really never seen before from Star Wars. Because like even like before I thought that about the Mandalorian, I was like, okay, this could do something really different. And it ended up like it did to a degree, but then it ended up like incorporating a lot of the tropes that we see in star Wars all the time. So I really do hope that because Andor is going to be solely focused on this time period where the, the universe is basically devoid of force users outside of Vader and Palpatine that like we, we get away from like, 
I got, I have to find a Jedi. Like that goes out of the window. Like oh we, yeah yeah. You know, that, I I don't even think they're gonna touch that with a ten foot pole. I mean you, you might hear about how the Jedi have disappeared and yeah. it's up to us regular people now yeah. to to save the galaxy. But yeah, they're not gonna focus yeah. on any of that shit. Uh, I, but yeah, I was a I I I really like what we saw from the trailer, and I I do yeah, think I that it can be like something. I like how they cool. opened with the the Dune the Dune chants like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Like I might not like the guy and his arrogance, but I I can't say that he he doesn't make good choices. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You know, it's everyone like, everyone dude. everyone points to Rogue One as as Disney's best. best and he was described as the savior yeah, the of, quote of unquote that savior. And, and the trailer for Andor definitely looked intriguing. I mean, I I think my favorite shot was that behind the back of Mon when she's at the Senate and the Senate's like empty, it's like, oh, they're already to that point where no one gives a fuck anymore. Yeah, we're like, like, it's just such a sham. The The Senate is just pure sham and, and the Empire is truly becoming that. Yeah. And you can already you, see you like do what we did. We, the, uh, the juxtaposition between what like little Leia said in Obi-Wan as they were walking, like when they first got on Mapuzo and she's like, but isn't like, she, like somebody said, like, I can't remember the exact line preceding, but she's like, Oh, isn't that what the empire is supposed to help people? And and that's right. when Kenobi's like, yeah, some of the senators like your dad do. And then now Correct. going yeah. into Andor, the Senate's just fucking dead. Like it's empty. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Even Tala herself, she's like, hey, I, I joined up because I thought yeah. we were doing the right thing. And then I realized too late that it's a big fucking scam by one guy. <laughs> you got, I love, I mean, Palpatine here. You know, we love you. Yeah. What a ma- what a mastermind. <laughs> okay. Getting into some Mandalorian stuff and then we'll, we'll we'll get to that fan segment here. We might be doing 3 hours, my friends. Sorry. Uh but Giancarlo Nick, he's back to doing his best Mark Ruffalo impersonation when it comes to being out on the circuit and divulging more information than the cast crew, writers, showrunners may want them to. Now you never know though. You never know with this guy. Although I, I do think he's pretty much been spot on. Because remember the one th- like before season two, he's like, "Oh, I, I ride around in a much bigger vehicle than a Tie Fighter. It's yeah. <laughs> massive." And you're like, "Oh yeah, he's in a fucking mini destroyer, or whatever." Yeah. Um, but but he he had some interesting things to say at celebration on one of the red carpets here, and. It, it, if anything, he gave us some more insights into Moff Gideon that I think are important and, and, and could lead to some speculation for what we're going to see in season three and beyond. But um, what Giancarlo explained in the interview about Moff Gideon, he said, listen, he is a warden of a particular sector in the galaxy, which kind of makes sense based on Operation Cinder setup. They all the moths kind of took over either planets or, or, or sectors. Okay. But he's trying to bring the other wardens of the galaxy together for a reason. And uh, Jean Carlos specifically said that Gideon is running a bait and switch game as part of his plan. So I don't know if that he meant that in regards to wanting to be captured by the new Republic, yeah. but I think that's what he was saying. Like, I, you know, it, and it, it did seem like he kind of gave up right when he, I guess he did want to kill himself at one point, but even, maybe even that was part of the show. Yeah, he was like trying to put on a, an act. Yeah, but in a, in a different interview, he kind of touched on the same topic with Gideon, 
And it sounds like he does ultimately convince some of these wardens to his vision for how to return the Empire, which could very well be the beginnings of the First Order with Gideon. But apparently, like all things the Empire, those other wardens may want the power for themselves. Yeah. So we could potentially get and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't this been covered in, in, in books or legends that there was a bit of a, an uh, empire at war, if you will, like an imperial civil war for a bit after the fall of the empire? What wasn't, uh, again, I'm just spitballing, but apparently Thrawn kind of seized on this where the empire was, was fucking around and he was like, nah, they, you know, let's, get, let's do it this way. And Honestly, they may already be headed that way because Thrawn's been introduced. We know yeah. he, he lives in this Mandoverse, and we've seen what Gideon is doing with the child and the experiments and what we know about Snoke and beyond and Exegol. So I don't know. What, what's your take on Wardens running sectors, but Gideon in particular, he thinks his idea to bring everyone together, this is what we need to do to restore the Empire as the sole power in the galaxy. Yeah, I think that it makes sense given the fact that wardens will probably be at each other's throats as much as inquisitors are <laughs> like, of course, one of them is going to come forward as like, Hey, the way that we really come back under, like come back from this is to unite under me. And like, I, I definitely think that that's his angle. Um, mm -hmm is to try to consolidate power under himself. Cause as you've seen, like he's the one who's out. I mean, at least that we know of so far, like he's the one that's out in the galaxy, like making noise and like positioning himself as the new leader of this remnant empire. Yeah. Um, definitely in that, the, the sector that Mando has kind of stayed to yeah. Arvala seven, Navarro, Tatooine, that, that seems that, to yeah. be Gideon's like stomping the, ground. Like the, the outer, it's not fully outer rim territories. But like Close in that enough. section. And I think that like, I mean, it makes more sense though that like he would call for that and then Thrawn would show up on the stage and then he would be the one to actually wrest power. If anything, I see there being a contentious relationship, if not outright hostile relationship between Gideon and Thrawn. Um, do you think that's because of just their ambition, or do you think Thrawn is off-put to Gideon's maniacal experiments and idea? I, I think that... I get, uh, let me rephrase that. First and foremost, do you think, when it's all said and done, that Moff Gideon could be the... I, I, we can't call him the father of the First Order, because that was revealed to be Palpatine with all that dumb shit and trust, yeah. but do you think Gideon was like one of the first proponents of... Palpatine's first order and he he's the one trying to kind of get that ball rolling and, and maybe Thrawn doesn't quite like that plan because of all the sciencey stuff mm -hmm. I don't know I'm, I'm not a big I love Thrawn but I'm mostly contained to Thrawn and Rebels yeah. lore. it's interesting because there like there isn't a lot of of like what Thrawn could be up to post rebels obviously because he was jettisoned out into the galaxy where nobody fucking knows where he is um but the way that i would see it is like thrawn had this idea that like or thrawn always carried himself as if he was like the heir apparent to the empire like if anything were to happen 
he felt like the strongest hands that the that whatever remained of the empire was in his hands. Like, um, and the fact he's probably pretty off put by the fact that Moff Gideon thinks that he can just kind of swoop in here and consolidate power under himself okay. where Moff Gideon definitely knows the rank and admiration and the station that Thrawn was in before his departure from the galaxy. Um, is a, is a grand admiral higher than just a Moff? I believe so. I believe so because I mean, at a certain point, like Thrawn, I mean, Thrawn always looked down on the general imperial structure, especially those above him. But like, he wasn't even taking shit from Tarkin. Like, he was having Tarkin. uh, Tarkin becomes a grand, grand which must be like like the grand poobah, where you're the (laughs) you're the moth of all moths. Yeah, right. So like, moths to me were more like regional governors right yeah they, they they would they were more running planets versus being in the navy like Grand exactly Admiral like the, like the moffs were more politicians whereas like yeah. like you said like being a grand admiral like he is running a large majority of the imperial navy um and thrawn would have thrawn was one of the few people outside of vader that had one-on-one meetings with okay. palpatine and like it was always his notion that hmm. if power were to be wrested from Palpatine or if something were to happen that like he would take over that like the leadership at least militarily of the empire. Now, my other question for you is Thrawn more like a a Vader Palpatine where it's it's order at all costs or is Thrawn <laughs> Could he be more benevolent? He he definitely sees angles outside of the typical Sith approach to things where it's like, if you're not doing things my way, I'm going to choke you to death. Like he is. Well, even I guess let me try again. Remember on Naboo during their stupid love moments in the grass. Yeah. Even before he's Vader, Anakin is more or less saying to Padme, like, if I could strong arm people into doing what I want them to do and believe in, then I would do it. He's yeah, is he's Thrawn like that or No, he what he is like is like he he will he's so intelligent that regardless of what he wants to do, he can pretty much convince people of their own volition to do it. And like what what the Palpatine and Va- what Vader's method is is like you're gonna do it or I'm gonna make you do or it die and like yeah. um or yeah or I'm gonna would kill Thrawn you. Thrawn blow up with Thrawn blow up planets if they no. didn't fall in line. No, he wouldn't okay. do that. He wouldn't right. do that. He would take. Kind of what I'm getting at, like yeah, like what type of evil leader is he? he I mean, is he, he pure is, evil or <laughs> he is? Does way, he just like the strategy of it all? Is it more of a game to he, him? He is way more like Palpatine than Vader is, where he is way more subversive, and he will he will convince you that doing the wrong thing is the right thing to do, and then you make the decision yourself. Whereas Vader is okay. like, you do it, or if you don't do it, I'm gonna break your neck. So that's kind of like yeah, that's did, why I mean, Palpatine again, my, liked my, him is because he was so strong, intelligent. That makes sense because my Thrawn context again is mostly relegated to rebels. Yeah. And even there, while you know he he's the big bad, he kind of looks like a buffoon in rebels because like the, he, he constantly gets outsmarted by Phoenix Squadron. Right, but also 
he doesn't just seem to be one of these like one of the mindless Mm-mm. yes ma'am yes sir i'll i'll do any evil at any cost to get these rebels to fall in line it's like he he appreciated the challenge of the pushback in, in in you know coming up with new strategies and tactics to get his way but even like uh, was it general pride or price that was under him where she was nuts i mean at one point she blows up like the the fuel depot and you know she does get canaan but it 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 screws his plans on lothal because she just had that you know, narrowed vision of I'll do anything to get my target, even if it's killing random people and blowing shit up resources that we need. Yeah. I mean, I I don't see Thrawn like that. Like he doesn't seem to be irrational or, or acts on emotion. Yeah. That's, that's a hundred percent true. Like for example, like, and he's not like afraid of Palpatine. Let me put it that way too. Like he's not afraid of him. Like he told, well, I, I would say that's a miscalculation because <laughs> yeah. Palpatine in, in a snap of a finger could tear him apart. Oh, yeah. But I, I get it. Absolutely. Get it. But like, ba- like he told Palpatine to his face, like this Death Star idea is fucking stupid. Like this is the worst thing that you could do for the Empire. Yeah. Because essentially, what his like he had another plan that was running concurrently. They basically had the like, fighters. Yeah. The, the, the tri wing. Yeah. Tie exactly. Fighters. And he's like. Yeah. If we do this, we're unstoppable. Like we, they can't yeah. beat us in dogfights. They can't beat us by sheer force of power or or numbers. So we just win. But if you put all of your eggs in this fucking big ass moon basket, then right. and something goes wrong, you're fucked. And like he was, right. he was well, right. <laughs> just got a little Thrawn school. I like it, yeah. but I, I don't know. I, th- I think what Gideon is, or what Jean Carlo was saying about Gideon, it could definitely in season three open up more of what the fuck the empire is up to because let's be real over season one and two i mean season two they're they're there like the end right they they, they, he shows up steals them at the end you had the big rescue mission and still just can contain to gideon's sector yeah it sounds like in season three we're, we're gonna start getting a, a much expanded look at what the fucking empire is at this point in time and, and what they're doing and what the other moths are up to. You know, some of them are probably living like Kings and could give a shit. Others like Gideon, they, they clearly have a plan that they narcissistically think is the best way to bring the empire back to its former glory. And knowing that Thrawn is in this universe, it, it just, it, it feels like he, could get mixed up in this. Yeah, I think so. he's definitely going to get mixed up. And I do like for some reason I just feel like he is not going to play well with um Gideon. Gideon. Like he's going to so do look you, down on Gideon pretty hard. I mean, we we know the first order's a thing and it's going to come out of these embers of the Mandoverse mm-hmm. is when it's all said and done is the first order more credited to Gideon or Thrawn? And that's a good question. That's a really good question. I feel like Gideon. Like yeah, I, I don't. I still feel like Gideon at this point, but we we really have to see how how they what angle they take with Thrawn because you could take multiple angles with him. And that we got to wait all the way to twenty twenty three. That know, that was right. probably the biggest shock to me yeah. was that Mando season three was like legit into twenty twenty three. Yeah, I mean we we talked about it may pull a book of Boba and show up last week at twenty two and then finishes in twenty three. They're like. Nah, fuck you guys. You're gonna have to wait till you're gonna have to wait till February. Um, but yeah. knowing that, 
I think it's on purpose because after that, I think you're naturally going to get Ahsoka and there's probably going to be stuff that's done in season three Mando that falls that will kind of highlight and maybe get paid off in, in the Ahsoka series. Uh, did you ever, did you probably didn't cause I couldn't upload it to Slack, but that, the, the leak Mando thing, I mean, my, my speculation on the season was almost 100% spot on. I mean, it, it's full on Din taking on the quest of the living waters under the, the mines of Mandalore and, you know, Bo-Katan kind of being sourpuss. She, I was probably most interested in how they were portraying her. I mean, she just seems fucking down, depressed, but she's somehow alone with Grogu and she's saying some shady shit to him like, hey... Did your dad ever tell you he's not the only Mandalorian? Like she's she's trying to, she might be getting a little back to Death Watch bow there for a little bit. Oh, you know? I mean it makes sense because she just saw her fucking dark saber in yeah. somebody else's hand. Well, I guess <laughs> let's just go to our next piece because I think we had some quotes from the lovely Miss um, Sackoff about what uh, Bo may be getting into. But before we get there, uh, Nick punched us up today. There's a, a pretty good article from E.T., not Phone Home E.T., you know what I'm talking <laughs> about. But uh, they, they kind of interviewed a lot of the, the cast members on The Mandalor- Mandalorian Season 3. And while we know they couldn't say anything, I, I, I found some of the quotes to be interesting to kind of latch on to. So, um, you know, Pedro, you're not getting, yeah, much you're from not going to get anything. <laughs> he, 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 he's, he's the hype man. He's pure hype man. He's like, yo, three is even better than the previous one. It's safe to, it's safe to say you're going to love it. All right. We agree. We know that. Thanks for nothing there, Pedro. Thanks. But then he goes on <clears throat> and I do, I, I like this dynamic and it kind of plays into Grogo in his IG 11 mech suit rumoredly. Um, that in season three, we're going to see them kind of playing with the idea of who's really protecting who at this point in time in the saga of Din Djarin or Din Djarin and Grogu. Because uh, Pedro's saying, like, listen, you know, Grogu is becoming more and more powerful, and it's important for Din to um, nurture him, but also make sure it's being done in the correct way. Yeah. Uh, so you know we already know grogu i believe has saved din more times than din has saved grogu yeah that's inaccurate (laughs) din started at a deficit i mean the motherfucker captured him and actually turned him over to the bad guys for like a day yeah and then realized oh i'm a shithead and then went back to get some to get to get out of the red back into the black so um we had some Comments from uh, Mr. Cardboard, Carl Weathers, who also did some directing in season three. And um, they're, they're talking about a lot of a lot more depth, kind of like we were saying with the Gideon reveal. Like if if Gideon's going to be trying to pull in these wardens, that's naturally going to expand the scope of the Mandoverse, at least from the Empire's perspective. Yeah. And um, Carl also said that each of the mains you're going to have a a much more personal story. And Nick, you see that in the leak. I mean, like I said, Bo just looks fucking down in the dumps. Yeah. She's on her throne feeling sorry for herself. You know, Din and Grogu, they're making their way to Mandalore. The the armorer is apparently going to be heavily involved and still helping him. So she clearly has... There, there's something between the armorer and Din that has not been fully revealed yet. Yeah. Either she knows his real past and his potential 
or she's she's seeing what he is doing and what he is bringing to the covert whether he breaks the rules or not the guy is doing some fucking crazy things he's finding force users finding more force users to take him to uh taking on the helping daimyos out i yeah. mean he, he's doing some crazy shit yeah, capturing moff gideons and, he's mean, really kind of outside of his purview as a as a bunker mandalorian like usually exactly. they don't get fucking mixed up and shit like that and if she was truly done with him due to his revelation she wouldn't have told him how he could redeem him redeem himself I mean, dude, you remember even when they were sparring, she's she's almost coaching him like an Obi-Wan to an Anakin. Like, I know you can do this. You've got the ability, the power. There's something about you. And does she know there's something about him or is she sensing it or seeing it now? But clearly she's going to have a, a, a bigger role. And it's weird because it's like you're the one that's kind of upset with him because he's not drinking your Kool-Aid in full. Yet it seems like you are almost destined to help him discover whatever he is meant to be. Yeah. Which is probably the one that brings Mandalore back to the Mandalorians in, in some form or fashion. Yeah. He is looking like their, their Jesus figure. Let's be real. Yeah. Seems like it at this point, there's nobody else (laughs) Um, on the fucking horizon that, that can really hold that staff that he, that he, yeah. I mean, he, 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 he got the dark saber back via combat, which no other Mando has been able to do since Darth Maul took it from pre Vizsla. So like I said, found Luke Skywalker, found the Yoda baby. He's, yeah. He's done some very interesting shit for, as Nick calls him, a, a bunker boy. Yeah. So naturally, his mother is is quite interested, or his den mother yeah, his is den. quite yeah. interested. Um, Gideon's up next. Gideon. Uh, yeah, I mean, John, Gideon. John, Carlo. Like, like you said, like we already kind of talked a little bit about him, kind of <laughs> just spoiling spoiling shit already. Um. So yeah, I mean, he he continues to do that. So his his quotes. Were yeah, just, I mean. In this quote, he more, I'll sum it up. He pretty much says, yeah, Gideon's more than likely locked up, but he's probably going to get out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we, we know Giancarlo, but you probably shouldn't, you probably shouldn't even paint that picture for us. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's, let's be real. We, we, we knew he's going to get away. You don't just, I, I saw some people like I, how much you want to bet his escape entails, um, the fuck, I can't even remember her character name anymore. Which one? Cara Dune dying off screen. That's oh. like, we bet Gideon's escape deals with her dying off It's like, off oh my screen. God, Cara's uh, yeah. <laughs> dead. But here you go. So, so him saying that he's probably going to escape because he can't just sit idly by. He, he goes, we want to see a guy who is a mastermind, who has an idea for the future that no one else has. So that's kind of going back to our previous discussion. Gideon's got the vision and he thinks his way is the way. Yeah just like the way is for Din and the way is for Quinlan. So he has his way too. Um, what else we got here? The armorer. Uh, I, I do like how Giancarlo presents Gideon as someone who, who wants, just like the rest wants to save the galaxy. It just. Yeah. Like, I don't you know. think that he has a, a malicious view towards the galaxy in shaping it like Palpatine does necessarily. Like Pal- yeah, Palpatine does, because he's alive still. Um, like, Palpatine went in knowing, like, I'm going to fucking take over this whole bitch, and it's going to be Sith life forever. And, like, Gideon doesn't have that that view of it. Like, Gideon just wants order restored to a certain degree. 
You know, like yeah, I think he likes the power. Yeah, too, like he, and definitely he definitely likes, the likes power. science. Yeah, but like he doesn't. He's that's not, why I I don't know. That sorry, I I just that's why I feel like he he may be the one that that zombie Palpatine or whoever Palpatine's using is. They may be working together because I, I mean his fixation on on that force DNA can't just be his own doing. It's more than likely him for two reasons. One, because he does have this sycophantic type of view towards the Empire and its resurrection. And two, because Palpatine can't puppet Thrawn. Like, like physically, I'm pretty sure that Chiss are unable to be mind controlled. Like they, they, they're like, they're, they're like Watto where they're like immune to mind tricks. So like, and then he's too intelligent for, for Palpatine to just straight up influence. Like he's too smart. So like, if you want a puppet, it's not going to be Thrawn. It's going to be Gideon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just like, come on. 2023. Now, now we do know why they gave us so much Mandalorian in Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I mean, they, right they, 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 they saw this coming. Like we, they, they even said in the behind the scenes, they're like, we, we couldn't go this long without t- touching back on our, our cash cow, the, the guy that started it all. Um, all right, the armor. So Emily Swallow coughed up some information. So it, here it goes. Like I said, here's what she says. We have seen her guide Mando, but also he has surprised her. And she's rolled with that, and she's been open to seeing where he leads her. So she is. She's, like, using him for something. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe in the end it's revealed that her intentions are nefarious, and she's using him to claim the power of of the saber and and Mandalore herself. Yeah, it's that's, hard that's to believe that spin. that she is just purely benevolent and like just yeah. like I just want you to be a good person and like if you follow these you'll be a good person. Like she, she has seem to have an agenda. Yeah, like there's no way that she doesn't have a grudge against the non bunker Mandalorians, like against the night owls and against Bo-Katan's like little collective over there like she wants to she wants to rule mandalore she doesn't or she wants one of her uh one of her puppets to to rule mandalore so yeah yeah and as you say bo katan so you know uh katie's comment kind of picks up on the idea that like she turned down the saber you know, remember din was like I, I don't want this fucking thing you take it yeah she turned it down, but clearly you could even see her after that moment, like Bo-Katan's everything about her changed once she realized that Din Jaren won the saber the right way. Like it just it affected her. It was like, fuck. All my planning has been ruined now. What am I to do with myself? Do I kill this guy that I've somewhat befriended and seen that he is skillful and 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 quite a help to our kind? And that's kind of where I think Bo's going to be at. And here's what Katie said. Like, she's still on that journey, you know, from the first time that we met her when she was very young and impressionable. Death Watch. Remember, she was a scumbag. Mm -hmm. She didn't always quite make the the right decisions, the the best decisions for her kind and her her planet. And, um, And she's been continuing to involve and grow and figure out who she is, blah, blah, blah. And like like Nick says in the article, captured the the dark saber. She refused it because she learned that like it. Yeah, and the armor also told us if you don't win in combat, you're gonna curse the planet and get everyone killed. And that's kind of what happened. And uh, Katie again says she's not done. Um, 
noting that because Kreese didn't accept the Darksaber to end the season two makes us question, it makes Bo question, what's different? Why not now? And that's important. Yeah. Okay. Why did she turn it down when she took it gleefully in, in Star Wars Rebels when it wasn't through combat? Has the lore and the legends gotten to her? Yeah. Does she truly feel like because she didn't win it in combat and then Mandalore fell, as the armor said, it, you know, Bo-Katan was kind of to blame. Uh, it's a lot for a, a former sister of a queen to process. But I don't know. I, I, I think there's going to be, I don't think it will end in contention, but I think Bo and Din and those opposing factions, if it comes down to that, are, might have some issues with each other in season three before they realize, like, listen, why are we sitting here fucking with ourselves when we still have the remnant out there that did this to our planet? And that should be the, the focus. All right, let's, it's better to be one versus split. And then last but not least, our boy Tem out there, you know, apparently Tem was the hit of celebration. I, I don't know if you saw any of his clips. He was, doing, he was doing hot yeah. guys on every panel. I mean, he was great. He's fucking saying <laughs> he whatever he wanted and having a good time. In, in his newfound or his refound it. Star Wars life. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. I mean, at, at his age, to, to get be in this spotlight again and with the fandom and playing the characters he gets to play. I mean, hell, they even threw him a bone for a cameo in Kenobi. Yeah, no. The it, first time he ever actually wore clone armor believe it or not so uh, that was pretty cool but but he goes on to say and who knows if this is him just kind of willing stuff but yeah when asked about boba in in mando and moving forward he's like we've got to bring him back somewhere we've got to see the old boba fett yeah, so he, he's a fan of the old boba yeah, fett he wants to fight more <laughs> Yeah, we, we reintroduced him. We found out some stuff, but I think it's time to get him back to his badass ways. No two ways around that. So I think we sort of have to have that scope to go back there. But that's out of my control. I'll just see what happens. I think what he's saying is, naturally, Bob is going to have to repay some debts now. Yep. And he's going to have to go with Din and kick some more ass like they did in the book of Boba Fett. I mean, that, that's pretty straightforward i mean boba in mando season three moving forward is makes complete sense remember it's a connected universe everything's connected all right well i know tones we're going along today see you buddy sleep well work hard so there you go that's some uh some mando updates you know it is a bummer we're not getting anything until february of 23 but I think we still have a pretty action-packed 22 to go. Andor, Bad Batch. I think what Visions season? Visions. No, I think Vision season two was 23 now, right? Was it's, that confirmed for 23? No. no, maybe I think it is it Tales of the Jedi yeah. that's getting the 2022. I think maybe it may we'll it may be. It. Let's see. I'm looking now. Spring 2023, Star Wars Visions. Yeah. All right, so how about Tales of the Jedi? Maybe that's the fall short cartoon Tales of launch. It's all right, we operate in real time. Yeah, we're, we're, cool. do, we're doing this late 2022. So yes, that is the one that will be coming. Okay, yeah, so we're, we're still going to have content going up through the fall, if not the very beginning of the, of the winter. So hey, I guess we just have to live with it. Good things come to those who wait, apparently. All right, my friends, uh, we, you know, we've been taking our time. It was to be expected after two-week break here. Sometimes we got to let out some hot air, but don't leave yet. 
We still have the fan segment to get through. That's right. Every week, every show, we dedicate a segment to our fans to close things out. If you want to get involved, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram, as that's where all the fan engagement seems to happen. The first thing we're going to deal with is our question of the week. The question gets posted every Tuesday morning to Instagram in the stories and post. Check it out. If you want to respond, respond, and maybe we will feature your content on the show. Just know we will read it as written, and if we think it's stupid, we will let you know that as well. The other way to get involved will be coming up next, and that is our top five fan artist features of the week. But first, my friend, let's see what the fans had to say. What was on their minds about Obi-Wan Kenobi Episode 3? That was the question. What was your favorite part and why? The All fir- right. The first so one, what did we get? First one's great. Okay. Here we go. All right. Yeah, I'll take this one. <laughs> this comes from Wolf's underscore Worlds. <laughs> It wasn't a good episode at all. No favorite parts. Okay. Accompanied by each their own. one like. <laughs> one like for that comment as well. So somebody else right, agrees. So clearly, clearly, this is one of those people that hates anything Disney puts out and thinks they know better than everything. But like I said, hey, it's an opinion. And I can have an opinion on their opinion. Oh, man. It, it doesn't just, make it fact. It does. It's just so weird to me. Like, I wonder what this kid's Obi-Wan Kenobi show is in his head. Yeah, I do. Just him and Vader smacking <laughs> yeah, lightsabers just, together and using the force. I don't know. 30 minutes. Break. Come back next episode. Like, I don't know what he expects. <laughs> All right. Next up. Props. SW Props, a good friend of the show. Hey, Props getting in on the on the question he's, of the week. He's in here. He says, the eeriness and intense moments when Vader finally gets near Kenobi. That was something that I called out too. Like just, you felt Kenobi's unease the entire episode. You felt his, yeah. like his uncomfortable feelings. You felt the tension even before Vader got there, like yep. he was Tension, just anxiety, yeah. shell shocked, PTSD, whatever you want to call it. But, and you could really tell, you know, Ewan has told the story over and over, but this, this was the scene he was talking about in those anecdotes where this was, you know, the first time Vader walked out on the set for everyone to see. And it genuinely frightened him. And you can see that in his performance, you know, he he's acting with true, emotions and not the skills he's used to make himself seem scared in other projects yeah uh, yeah i have a feeling that the vader stuff's probably going to make up a lot of these right yeah yeah the the That's obi-wan nice. vader stuff definitely <laughs> i knew it i was like i, I still got to put up the question but i know exactly what this is going to be yeah so base all right so next up franchise fan 1367 says uh the obi-wan and vader scene it describes the hated vader i assume he meant hatred uh, Vader had for Obi-Wan and the power he has now and how how to told Obi-Wan that it was he who made him. And it describes in how Vader in Rebels and Episode 4 believed Obi-Wan was still alive after their fight nine years ago. Um, making sense instead of believing he was alive after 19 years. I, it was hey, hard to get through, I, but he was I clearly love you, passionate. Fan. Yeah, I love you, franchise fan 1367, but I don't even know what the fuck's going on here. Like, I don't know what's trying to be said <laughs> or not, but I think you're right. I think 
this person did dig it and we we love you for it. It was you <laughs> could sense you could sense the passion and the response. But basically what I assume he's trying to say is like you could feel like you could feel the animosity that Vader had towards Obi-Wan even though he wasn't speaking a lot like just uh-huh. you you could feel okay. I believe you. <laughs> I believe you, man. Thank you. That was a good one. But hey, we love you, franchise fan. Give us a sub That's if you right. haven't already done so. Uh, Vin Faith Custom says, I think the most intense moment is when Ben have an, uh, have an hallucination and sees Anakin looking at him from far away. I did enjoy that part, too. Like the 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 robed Anakin. Yeah, I mean, dude, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, or as like he likes to refer to himself now yeah. as Ben, I mean, he is fucked up. Like... It, he makes Luke's depression look simple. Like Luke could have just went to Dr. Phil to deal yeah, with mean, his problems. Obi-Wan is jacked. Yeah. Like this guy is messed up. Yeah, in the I head. mean, yeah, it was similar what happened between between Luke and, and Kylo and, and, and Ben Solo, but like what actually happened between Anakin and Obi-Wan, like to literally have this person that you were best friends with and then you cut his legs off on the bank of a fucking lava river, uh, that will fuck you up. Yeah, that will fuck you up for sure. Um, all right. And then the final one, Tones1138, he just left. Sorry, Tones, but you made the uh, the the fan responses. He says, Vader letting Kenobi know what it feels like to burn. He'd waited <laughs> a long time for that and you know... Uh, for that and you could tell he was relishing in it by the slow drag through the fire instead of making it quick also the line uh what have you become what you have made me absolutely incredible writing so there you go that's the fan responses for this week and as we all probably knew coming into this segment a a large majority of of them were based around kenobi invader except for that one guy who didn't like anything so Sorry, one guy who didn't like anything. Like, yeah, no, that, that was, I'm glad we yeah, got one, one of those, of those in there just to show that no matter what slice of the internet you're in, there are idiots. So, uh, there's no doubt about that's it. it. Sorry, I'm getting communique from my oh, real sh- boss, so I gotta, I gotta do some, some side type working. Here. But anyway, so that's the, that's the end of. The question of the week segment of the podcast so that it will move us into the top five star wars fan artist features of the week this week is going to be from 5 30 to 6 6 2022 if you want to get involved in this segment the best way to do that is to use the hashtag star wars time show on your star wars art posts on instagram and tag us at star wars time show on your art post that will put you on matt's radar his force sense will ping right. when he when when those tags come through. Um, and if he likes your shot, he will add you to the ever-growing folder of to-be-featured artists. And then after Matt features uh, the artist throughout the week, it is my job, it is my responsibility as keeper of the top five to choose just five of those for the best shots of the week. And that's how the top five segment works. Hashtag Star Wars Time Show. At Star Wars Time Show, we will see you. I will pick you. And then that's how the top five is made. So, without further ado, the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. Let's do it. 
The first one this week is at underscore cinematographer underscore. Um, awesome name, cinematographer. I'm pretty sure that they've made the top five before. But it's this is an awesome shot of Rot's Anakin hot toy, I assume. Um, or is this Clone Wars Anakin? I can't tell. I think this is Rot's Anakin, right? Yeah, I think it's Rot's Anakin. With Wolf... Yeah, this is the figure yeah. I got sitting in this <laughs> fucking sitting box the, right now because I'm an asshole. In the box right next to you. But he is standing right next to uh, Wolf and Cody, it looks like. I think it's Cody. Um, and they're they're taking a look at uh, Grievous's uh, battleship. So I guess they're like planning out there. They're, they're like doing the planning for the attack on Grievous's battleship that happens in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. Um, I mean, Hot Toys figures always look really cool. But cinematographer did a great job of like nailing this blue lighting that always engulfs a room when you are surrounded by um, Star Wars holograms because they're always blue. Yeah, and these are all I, I don't know. These are all the big yeah, boys, one right? six. So these are the yeah the, the one six dolls. scale ones. So um, it's a it's the it's the color grading that cinematographer gets that that kind of pays off on the name. It, they really do look like. So, yeah, movie stills shot. shot on a, a a set it's just it's it's the yeah. post I mean, obviously the, the shots are composed well and the setups just are like cool. getting uh, but, that hollow like hologram figure of this ship is pretty awesome like this this looks really great like i don't know if this is actually like a physical part of this or like part of this set but like if it's not and he actually went in and and kind of did a uh, like an opacity drop and make this whole thing look like blue graded. That's pretty impressive. So yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, it's cinema toy, toy grifer. So at underscore cinema toy grapher underscore Beautiful. on Instagram. Great stuff. If you're into the, the cinematic star Wars shots, I think they, they also do other pop culture franchises, but who worries about that? Not shit, us. Right? There's always time for Star Wars time. So that's where we right. live. All right. Next up is at press underscore pause underscore photography underscore favorite of the show. Uh, what we see again, Wolf featured in the um, in the in the shot here. So what we see is Wolf hiding behind a tree. Rex, it's my, Rex. Bad, my bad. It's Rex. That's yep. yeah. Uh, Rex hiding behind a tree uh, while Vader is clearly stalking him. Um I I almost should go to press pause's actual post because he had a good it was almost like a little story he told with it. So let me let me pull that up real quick. But you're right. It is essentially Vader hunting mm-hmm. Rex like Vader Rex knows is Rex alive. is, is high. Let, let me let me pull it up here. Yeah, yeah. it's like, a, it, you know, it's cool. Sometimes these photographers will do like little stories here and this one even has a two panel yeah. story to it. But. What press pause put it says, I know you're here, Captain. We need not be adversaries. Yeah. The Emperor will reward your so service. So cool. I mean, I love that. It's yeah. awesome. Like the fact that that Vader held Rex in high enough esteem, obviously he would because he worked with him so closely to, to like literally guy, hunt him down. Like as much as going on in the galaxy with the hunting of the Remnant Jedi and everything else going on, he still has time. Yeah. To go out there and look for Rex personally. You know, you know what's funny though? I could actually see that happening in canon because they were so close. He knew what Rex was and the type of clone he was or person. Listen, we'll call him a person. And, you know, obviously the fact that, that Rex, he probably had an idea Rex was getting mixed up with 
resistance and rebellions. And he's like, this could be problematic, but let me see if I can get my old, my old cap back on, on team dark side here. But it's just, I mean, it's great photography too, because we're, we're using some awesome force per perspective here. These are the big boys again. Uh, if you look in the behind the scenes, I mean, Rex is, I'd say shit, probably 10 to 15 feet in front of Vader. But if you look in the finished shot, I mean, they, they feel very close, but you get that great depth to the shot because of that forced perspective. Um, that's good. It's good stuff. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I think I said this before, but press underscore pause underscore photography. One more underscore is one of my personal favorite. accounts. 100%. For sure. Plus, I know, I know Connor actually checks my <laughs> shit out. Like he, he actually checks the shit out to the point where he'll send me a little messy. like a, like, hey man, keep it up, type of shit on my on my hey, personal Halo no? Pop account, and I that, that that shit goes a long way for me. It's like, thank God, there's someone out there that's paying attention. <laughs> Somebody's up. Ah, <laughs> uh. I know we're better than half these motherfuckers that get all the attention. That's what drives me nuts. I know you don't care, and I'm not asking you to, but it burns my ass that some of these other fan sites and podcasts are like looked at as. The almighty end all. They got all. juice behind them somewhere. Give me a break. We have no juice. I, <laughs> I don't know I what know. it is. We well, I've no seen juice. now, and, and, and I, I, you know, Fanta Tracks, they've been around forever, yeah. forever. And I believe most of them, that's their full job. But I mean, they're so big now that they, they had like Kathleen was hanging out at their booth and doing shit with them. And that's pretty fucking impressive for yeah, a like, fan site to, to essentially get co-opted into the main celebration yeah, i remember in 2019 they had their own booth. i mean like i know that like anybody could oh they're big booth. i mean i i believe i think his name's mark newbold who runs fanta tracks i believe he was actually hired by lucasfilm or read pop to run the podcast wow. venue impressive at impressive so uh, you know what else is impressive? Oh, hold on, Connor's in. Uh, Connor's in the chat. He just said that the second, sh the second shot, he actually did two years wow, ago. Wow, how perfectly those and, line and up. Wanted to return to it, yeah, and wanted to return to it. So that, yeah, that makes it even more impressive. Thank you for the That's insights sick. there. We always, we always like when the artists can get in here and kind of help flesh out what they were thinking or, or explain the shot, especially if our dumbasses fuck up. Very the explanation. True. We'll see if this artist is still in here. Cause he was earlier. This is at super scoundrel next up on the top five. You know, he's a favorite real oh, yeah. ass painter of the star Wars time show. Fuck it, man. It, I, th that right there. It, I don't know if this is his old Vader and he, he added effects to it, but I'm looking at him like, that's what I should get. That's tattooed. what you, Hey, that style Vader, like it's not full, hundred percent rebels like Vader, but it, rebels, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more more like that. It's like rebels, Macquarie, yeah. and a bit of you know. It's our a guy, little bit more angular. So yeah, I mean, like, I guess the best way to describe it is like picture rebels Vader in your head, and then like kind of mix it with like Macquarie Vader drawings and stuff like that. And that's what Devin has brought to life here, wreathed yeah. in yep. flame. I like that. Um, so what it's basically a, a, a recreation of what you see in, uh, Kenobi part three, when Vader is standing there amongst the flames as he drags, uh, his, uh Kenobi through it. the fire. He really is. He's just sitting there like, ah, uh, well, uh, I could have killed him, but it's more fun. Than yeah. Just it's like, I'm just going to set I'm gonna him on what, fire. So. I'm going to see what this Ned B can do with him. Let, let, let's have some fun. Let's get yeah, a chase on so. 
because I, 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 I do think there's still like one other quick encounter between these two, or at least like a band of troopers, you know, as Kenobi leaving, you know, trying to heal or whatnot. So we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah. But you just got to love Vader, just how yeah. nonchalant I'm he telling- was after torturing his former master. Yeah. And then just, just like kind of letting him get away and just sitting there enjoying his destruction yeah. in front of him. Basically, like boss. now you what know how boss. I feel, bitch. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, but Devin, check me out. I am fucking power, more powerful. Devin's than in the you. chat. You now have your your mission. Your mission is to is to make Matt a tattoo, uh, a piece of art that he can get tattooed on his body, featuring a version of Vader that looks something like this. There you, there go. you go. I also I, I kind of had ideas, and I don't know. These are probably too sentimental or dumb. I mean, that's what tattoos are supposed but to even, be: even, sentimental and dumb. I know, I know, I, I know. I, I get it, I get it, I get it. I've actually been speaking of tattoos. Uh, I'm still on Paramount Plus. I, dude, I've I've dove headfirst back in the Ink Master. I, I used to watch it, it a lot too show. when it was on Spike. They they have like all the all the seasons on there, and some of the ones I missed. I, I don't know if they've continued it beyond like twenty. One of the girls 19, that was from the e- earlier season, Sarah Miller. Um, she did a Star Wars, like an incredible Yoda tattoo on the show. I still follow her and she's like impossible to get a tattoo from because she's always booked. Um, but yeah. So, yeah. So here's, here's kind of my idea. Like what if I did a a portrait of my kid, but at her as like Leia, the Leia buns, like the buns and the hood. So that would be cute. Or, or like. Or like Charlie in the styling of I Ray. feel like Ray would probably be the better yeah. one because that's partially her namesake. Um, with right. like the like, yeah. Then you just choose the style of Ray that you like. I think that would be cute as fuck, dude. You should do it. See, and I like in my mind, I I feel like I should go sleeve. Yeah. Like hey, it would it would take forever. I mean, I, I don't have a one goddamn tattoo, and I don't know how my skin would react because I have broken skin from. CIU, but I, I, I think knowing how I am when I dive into something, a, a hobby, if you will, I mean, just look what I'm doing on the one wheel. I've logged like, I think almost 120 miles in two or three weeks on the fucking thing. I, I know once I got one, it would be like, all right, how soon before oh, I yeah, can get that's the how next it is one? For everybody. <laughs> how soon can I get I'll, the next one? I'll tell you one? too. If you, so, and before you know it, my whole arms. If you want to get some, if you want to get it somewhere where you have like pretty clean skin that doesn't that doesn't get abrased easily and like rubbed off, your forearm is probably yeah. one of your better spots because typically you don't wear you don't wear long sleeves all the time. So like even if you had it on like your shoulder or like the interior of your bicep, the clothes will still rub against it. Like mine, I have one on the interior of my bicep, and like the clothes still rub against it, so you get some wear. But like on your forearm is typically a spot that's like super clean skin. It's going to hurt like fuck because the skin is sensitive there. But it's like a really good canvas area. Yeah. So. Yeah. The intern, I, I believe his whole arm is done. Oh, wow. now. Like, I don't yeah, know if yeah. you remember where it mm-hmm. was before, but he's got it fully finished out. He got a lay on there. He's got some X-Wings now. That badass Vader from 
I still wish I found that Vader <laughs> before him because that that would have been it. But this one right here is fucking it's just nasty. as money, if not oh, yeah. better. It's better, <laughs> it's damn better. it! It's better. <laughs> it's nasty looking. Yeah, awesome. I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to like start calling up Cameo and, and commissioning uh, Devin to he, work on some. He tattoo can do that IDs. on the yeah. That'll be a separate. Gotcha. I just, I'm getting old. I mean, it, it, I've, I'm like already out of my prime huh. to have tattoos, but I, I I do keep myself in shape, so I, I feel like getting tattoos that would you know kind of accent man muscle that it would keep me motivated to keep working out into my yeah, 80s yeah. uh so you know you, you never know but it, it the, the whole tattoo bug has resurfaced it, again kind of out of nowhere yeah. yep all right but yeah that's a, that's our boy at super underscore scoundrel and you know this one was a winner nick because sadly a lot of our followers based on the algorithm they don't necessarily like star wars artwork or lego yeah. photography uh, but this one, the fact that it got 246 is yeah. like, uh, this one stood out and even got through yeah. our our yeah. built-in al- algorithm. Exactly. So. So beautiful stuff. At super underscore. Kudos, yeah. Devin. We love you, pal. Just send me over some designs and I'll give there you the you green go. light. Okay, there wait, you wait. go. All right. <laughs> Next up, we have first time top fiver here. Jesse Fierson is the way that I would say. J-E-S-S-E-F-E-Y-E-R. Firerizing um, on Instagram. So what we have here is the returned Boba Fett, the new Boba Fett, the Neo Boba Fett, as as right. Matt calls Neo. him. There you go. Um, and he's just laying waste to some Imperial Remnant troopers. You can see that he's got one uh, held by the neck on his knees in his hands <laughs> while he's firing away at yeah. another one that's in front of him, just like dismantling these people. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, he's got one in a fucking half headlock. He's like, hold on, I'll snap your neck after I shoot this guy. That's, yeah. that's what I like. I mean, that, there you go. That's that's badass. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to kill right this there. guy. He does make a good figure. I think this is the figure arts version of the, um, you know, re- refresh mm-hmm. Boba outfit. He does look good. Oh, yeah, good. he looks real good. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a great practical shot. You got some, you know, particles getting kicked up, probably canned air, drain blaster adding in some blaster bolts and post, but it, it's as usual when it comes to, you know, um, toy photography that stands out, it, it it's posing and just getting that little shithead plastic man to hold another little dickhead plastic man like that. That's always Indeed. impressive because I, I can't, I can't put it into words how frustrating and difficult it can be to get these little cocksuckers to work with you. They're not the best subjects. Half the time you need to jam wires up their ass or tape them to their feet and just to like, okay, don't fall over at the slightest breeze. But job well done here from at Jesse F-E-Y-E-R-E-I-S-E-N on there Instagram. We go. Good, good work. Yeah, th- th- this was the winner. Yeah, of the this week one. For me. I mean, I, I love I love Devin's and I want a tattoo of it, but this was a masterpiece. Yeah, this here from at work more or less. Friend of the show, former guest on the show. Uh, it is. It's just a, a, a masterpiece in terms of toy photography and then also um, emotional uh, moment capturing. So what we see here is Ahsoka and Rex in an embrace um, I, after they had just wiped out their 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 yeah. Their squad mates, their 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 battalion members, the the three thirty second, all dead at their feet after the 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 remnants of Order sixty six had had happened, 
And right. you can just see the the emotional toll that it took on both of them. You don't even see their full faces. Uh, Rex's face no. is, is buried in the crease of Ahsoka's elbow, and then Ahsoka's face is, is faced in a completely different direction. But you can feel the pain and the suffering that these two are going through. Oh, dude, the 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 emotion that this shot puts out is ridiculous for toy photography. I mean, it is. To me, this is the this is what they did as soon as they crashed on that planet, right? We we didn't we we saw them crash, but then it cuts to black and we return to where they've already buried them all, and she's got her hood on and she's ready to give up her lightsabers. This is literally after everything yeah. happened, and both of them. You remember what they went through? I mean, Rex almost, Rex yeah. almost killing her, her getting the chip out of his head, then him having to stun and at times consider killing his brothers and her same thing, trying not to kill any of them. Uh, but at the same time being attacked by the entire battalion and the ship coming down and Maul getting away with their escape. And then Rex having to get one of the BTLs and then, uh, Ahsoka essentially <coughs> base jumping or base diving yeah. with no parachute to grab on. And you can just, this shot is literally them finally taking the breath of what just happened in like, fuck, yeah. what just happened to us? What, what is going on? And it, you know, it, it, it's killing them both. Rex is crying. Ahsoka. I even like how it, you know, Jason's got it. So it looks like Ahsoka is kind of tiptoeing up to get to Rex as she yeah, would because she was shorter than him. It's those little touches. Look, he's got a broken off Razor Crest engine back there to to make up some of the parts from for the broken Star Destroyer. That is some top notch staging composition to detail, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, it's just it, it's fucking Next money. Uh, I guess maybe maybe I'll get this tattoo, too. <laughs> It just seems like anything, any cool thing I see now, be it toy photography or real ass Tat- paint, tattoo slapping it. on the skin. Put it on canvas. the right ass cheek <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. move on with the next one. All right. And, you know, I mean, the final thing here, obviously, and this is one of his specialities, is yeah. the lighting. The lighting is masterful. It's perfect. You, you get that, that dusk or the dawn ha- dusk yeah. haze coming in. Uh, you know, it, it, it gets dark in the background, but you got the, 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 the light focus, that golden light focused on the embrace. And then, like you said, the, the, the scattered clone bodies, the appropriate three thirty second helmet, it's just, it's, it's kick oh, yeah. ass. So, um, too bad work more or less couldn't make the show today. We're going to have to put yeah. them in the penalty <laughs> box, but we still love, Still love a shot, and this is definitely worthy of a top 100%, 100%. five. 100%. 100%. So that's it. That's the end of the top five, and that's the end of the first show Woo! back together Woo! in two weeks. All right. So there you go. Matt, take go. us home. You got it, my friend. I'll try to make it quick because I know we're a little past our deadline. It, it, it was going to happen. We'll, we'll probably be back to our, our normal cadence and runtime next week, which is usually two, two and a half hours today. We hit the old three-hour mark, which we typically don't do much anymore. But I think we had a lot of good shit to talk about. You know, like I said, uh, I've been waiting to sit down here and talk to my Chewbacca about uh, everything that's transpired over the past, really, three weeks since we last talked. And um, it's good to be back. It's good to be back talking about series like Kenobi and how great it is and the awesome characters in there like young Leia and, and Reva and obviously Kenobi and Vader. 
Um, but yeah, we, we shouldn't have any more breaks in the schedule. At least uh, I'm, I'm, I'm stable at least through uh, the first part of August. So you should be getting your, your weekly doses of the SWTS moving forward, at least getting us through Kenobi. Like I said earlier, I would really, really like a stronger push on some of the content we put out, the, the, you know, the short form. If you see a reel, at least give it a tap on the like, if not a share to your story. Even better if you're someone that finds yourself on YouTube a lot. Just stop by the channel every once in a while. Check out the shorts. Give them some thumbs up. Leave a comment. It helps. I'm telling you, we've, I have seen traction through during the short form content. But I know it would be even greater if we got a little more interaction. We got to grease the algos on all platforms now. That's just how it goes. So if you do like what we do and you feel you want to help out, that, that's really all we can ask of you. Is just pay attention to what we're doing and, and highlight it and spotlight it when you see it. And if that means going to Instagram right now and liking our last 5,000 posts so Instagram realizes you like our account, go do it. And then after you do that, you can dance your little happy asses over to StarWarsTime.net, which is our home base on the internet. And um, really, these days, it's not where you're going to find all of our content. So that's why you need to come here and see where we're at on the socials. You're going to get short-form content on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. You'll get our longer-form pieces on the site. And, you know, when it comes to longer breakdowns, they'll also probably make the site. But I even broke down the Darth Vader comic. Short form, check it out. Some cool interactions from Anakin's past. He actually runs into Kitster and Wald on a planet uh, as Darth Vader. And they have a great panel in there where they show Anakin, Kitster, and Wald as kids at, at their race. And then you see them in the same positions as Darth Vader and then the older versions of those characters. So that content's out there for you. You just got to find it and appease the algo gods. But like I said, StarWarsTime.net, that's a good place to start. You can subscribe to the podcast, which, yes, we do do it. This show that we broadcast live gets put out on all podcast platforms a day later. Uh, You can also find an easy sub-to link to the YouTube channel if you're not already sub. And if you're not, if you're new here, go ahead and click that sub button right now. At least give us a like if you're already sub. You know what I mean? Drop some comments too. The comments in the chat are great, but they don't do much for juicing the algo. So if you have some comments on today's stream and you're on YouTube, go ahead and leave them there as well. I know I feel like I'm asking a lot of all of you right now, so I apologize, but it helps. And hey, at least you don't have to pay for this dumb shit, right? There's always time for Star Wars time, my friends. Let the world know. Pound those chests. Don't be scared to be a fan. I know it might be, it might be uh, toxic to some other Star Wars fans, but we are the show to pay attention to. No bullshit. Except when I get crazy. All right? And besides, as we always tell you and like to remind you, if you do listen to this humble little Star Wars show, the Force will be with you always. Always. <laughs>